What's this bullshit about uh, Better Off Dead not being a great movie? I didn't say it wasn't a great movie. I just personally, eh, I've, okay. I've never just seen okay it. With it. Oh, okay. So you think it's like Roadhouse? Oh, why you got to push that button? What? Why don't you I, like Roadhouse? I have the console. I have all the buttons. Listen, it's time to not be nice. <laughs> <laughs> you know okay. what? He, he, he's right. It's time to not be nice. Okay, Did, so that's as like, opposed to how we're ever nice. So that's twenty four hour clock for you. So how's that any different? Well, I'll just, he's got you there. I'll just hold your ten dollars over here instead oh. of giving it to you. Uh, that ten dollars is owed me because you said fuck on the last show, I and did. you still owe me ten bucks. I do. So I'm gonna let it accumulate interest on this side of the table. <laughs> <laughs> interest? Well, like, it's actually we're all gonna stare there, at it. So. Yes. What is yeah. the interest rate? Um, um, yes. One ruble <laughs> per oh, <wow>. hour. <laughs> that's a that's a negative investment, isn't it? <laughs> At this rate. All right, so so what about Better Off Dead does not appeal to you? It's the, it's the name Lane, right? You just don't like the name Lane. I, I don't like the name Lane. Okay, that's why. Okay, that I get is, it now. The whole 80s ski movie thing, eh. Oh, it's the skiing. It's the sport that you don't like. Eh, partially. Is it a zombie movie? No. No. <laughs> yes. Yes, it's a zombie I've never seen it. It. It, it. it could be made better as a zombie movie. How do you explain Better Off Dead? It's a John Cusack film from the 80s, and he wants to kill himself because he's, I don't know. Depressed. Because he lost his girlfriend to yes. the jock. Well, maybe I have seen this on TV, and he works at a ski lodge, and it's, it's like a 80s. bunch of like... And there's a French girl, and then... There's a bunch of Stuff people their happens. age that work at uh, also work at the ski lodge. Are you talking about Ski Patrol? Maybe I'm talking about <laughs> Ski Patrol. I don't know. <laughs> now, Ski Patrol is a really goddamn stupid film. Yes. It has some... Uh, <laughs> Better Off Dead has some real surrealist aspects to it. It's yeah. the savage Steve Hollandness about yep. it that does that. Yep. And I think that's what I enjoy about it is just it's a surreal comedy when it comes down to it. It, is, it does have its moments. The, the two Japanese guys... And the racing, yeah, yeah, it, yeah it's it's, it's there's just really odd stuff. That's, that's what odd. he's talking about. Like you have moments of believability, and then pure cartoon humor in live action, and then going back to fairly believable comedy. Yeah, okay. And I acknowledge that it's got its moments. It's yeah. just eh. the the Van Halen video that happens in the middle of yeah, it. yeah. What, <laughs> what did, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever, it's not for me. <laughs> exactly, that's what I'm talking about. There, like that cartoon humor. It is. It is technically a sports film. Heck, only technically. Yeah, I guess. Only technically. That's why you hate it. No, oh, no. Wait, who hates it? You hate it. I love it. Oh, I don't what? hate. I don't hate it. He just doesn't love it. I just don't love it. I get it. It's, it's like me with Roadhouse. I don't hate it. Just I just don't care for it. Okay. Will you roundhouse kick him right now? <laughs> he doesn't know how. to No, do that. because that would screw up the headphones again. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> Really? Being real careful not to screw up the headphones already. All right, then just rip out his throat. Just pretend. <laughs> the throat rip, rip out his throat. That's in Roadhouse. It's spoken like a true Canadian. Oh it's God. in the movie Roadhouse. It's also in. It wasn't uh, memorable uh, enough for me to know that. It's also in MacGruber. <laughs> I think I could get another few throat rips in before this is over. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Throat Rich Shock. Greek Geek Shock. That's uh, uh, number 629. I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. What the fuck was that, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I owe you 10 bucks blarg. 
and Deb. And we're here to talk week and geek. Oh my goodness, everybody. And thank you, all you Shock Monkeys, for listening. And especially a thank you to our Kofi members out there. You make this show happen. And we love you for it. Literally. Yes, thank you. So, we'll just open it right up. What geeky things did you do this week? Let's start with you, Deb. All right, well, I actually got a couple. Uh, we finally made time to watch Kingsman. So, the prequel. I did oh. enjoy it. So, I... The review, I think, that you and Biggs both mm-hmm. gave that was definitely more serious than yes. the others. Um, it was, for sure. Yes. Um, there's also some points where you want to cry in that movie. Right. Um, it's good. I enjoyed it. It's not the same. It really isn't the same feel of the other okay. films at all. Yeah. Um, Don't go in expecting uh, The Kingsman 1 or 2. It's not. No. No. It, but it's still a, it's a good, solid movie. Yes. It's a really good, solid movie. It was indeed a movie. Yes. That's okay if you don't know the answer to this. Was it directed by the same person who did the other two? I don't know. Uh, I believe not. Okay. That 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 explains some of it. Different feel, not not the humor wasn't really there, you know. No, but I think, you know, part of it told the story of why the Kingsman got created in the first place, and that story is definitely not a humorful story. Okay. So. So it's more of a world-building kind of thing. Correct. Yeah. Yes. And it all starts around World War One, so okay. it's definitely you know turn of the century, early nineteen hundreds time you, period. Uh, compared to the other two, did you like it more or less the same? It's I it's a different film. Okay, I, I definitely feel it's a different film. I liked it for totally different reasons than I liked the other two Kingsmen. So the other two Kingsmen were they were funny. They they had good action. They had believable yet you know sarcastic bad guys and. All of those things. And this was definitely not that film. It was totally different. I liked it less. So I stand corrected. Uh, Matthew Vaughn did direct all three okay. Kingsman films. Interesting. Oh, interesting I, I, that it'd be I such thought a it was a different tone. director. Interesting that it would have such a change in tone. Yeah. And then, very excited about this one. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel has appeared on for season three on Amazon. So watch the first episode. I love that show. If you've never seen Marvelous Mrs. Maisel... It is so funny. The pace of the show is really good. Like, I don't think there's been an episode where you, at the end of it, you're like, God, that felt like forever. You know, some TV shows, they don't ever really get to the point. Or you can, they have certain episodes where you're just like, I could have skipped that. I didn't necessarily need to watch that because it didn't advance the story at all. Never had that experience with the show. And she, the main actress, and I'm forgetting her name, but she is very on, she is Rachel on Rachel Brosnan. She is on it. She does an amazing job delivering her lines, and the, and the script is really good. It's just a very enjoyable show. It, they cram so much dialogue into it because um, they're talking at like super fast pace, and then they're having big arguments with each other. It's just, right. it's just really good. No, so for those who've never seen it, she it starts in the fifties, and she is a Jewish housewife, a okay, young, newly-ish married, and it takes place in uh, the New York. Okay. So they're all over New York, like um, definitely the nicer parts and then the village and all of these areas. And so it's that fast paced New York vibe. Um, and she, she becomes a comedian and the whole shtick is about, you know, she's a Jewish housewife type. It's really funny. It's so good. It's so good. If you've never seen it, you should give it a shot. And then finally, Outlander season six finally came. Ah. Yay. However, However, I have read all the books. Okay. So I am 
disappointed because I feel like the last couple of seasons they have been dragging a oh. lot. There are certain parts of those books they can just skip. It's kind of like the Wheel of Time, right? They don't necessarily need to go into all that detail. You can do that in the novels, and it's good for the novels. But for a show where you want people to stay connected and stay um, wanting more, some of that stuff you really kind of need to skip over. It's just too much detail for a show. And they have just been dragging because there are now nine books. Um, Go Tell the Bees That I Am Gone is the ninth book in the series. And I believe she's still writing one more. So there's going to be 10. So this is season six. I believe this is book six. It's possible it's book seven. I'm not quite remembering exactly the storyline in those two. But I mean, you know, they're in history, right? So they spend, there's two whole books during the Revolutionary War and they haven't even gotten to it yet. No. They should have like, at this point, they kind of started talking about it last season towards the beginning and then they dragged that whole thing through last season and still even the first episode this season, they still, it's it's like, it's coming. We know it's coming. And they keep talking about, we know it's coming. Are the next two books just drudge and misery? (laughs) No, they're not. So, I mean, but there's a lot of story in the Revolutionary War, two books. Like there's a ton of story if they can get to the war. They need to get to the war, is and they will. Time travelly stuff, or is it just the drama between people? There's more time. There is more time travelly stuff. I'm not going to ruin Good. things, Don't but there ruin is it, more. There's more science fiction in your fantasy type stuff. So you know, I I view time travel as kind of a, it's a science piece. So I mean, I understand that it's mainly a historical drama, right? It mainly is. Mainly it is. But you throw time travel in there, even a hint of it. <laughs> then that's all it is to me. Like right now, if you said, hey, guess what? Magic's what? real, okay? okay? And you just shot lightning out of your hands, okay? That's what my life's going to be about now, <laughs> figuring out how you did that and how I can do it. And you know, What if I did it by time travel? Then that's what my life would be about now, figuring out time travel. Great. And, and Jeff Everything would love else it. is bullshit. Yeah. Well, and that is one thing that um, they kind of missed... I mean, they did it the first, I want to say like season two or season three, they talked more about how is it they can travel through time um, and how they are able to be travelers. But in the novels, obviously, they went into way more detail and discussed it way more um, and talked about, you know, how does it work? Can you do better about being specific about when and like when you show up um, and a lot of that stuff. And they, they kind of touched on it a little bit in, in the early seasons, but they haven't really talked about it since. And in just the, get bored with it? No, I mean, it's in, time and in the novels, they definitely, they talk about it more. Um, and it, it's a continual thing because there's more time travel involved in the storylines. So they have to talk about that stuff. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, I love the show. I appreciate the show. I love the books. If no one has read those books, uh, Diana Gabaldon does an amazing job of being very, anything that's historical, that is an actual event that occurred, she is very careful about being as accurate as possible. And um, she does an excellent job about retelling those things and involving her fictional characters into nonfiction events. She does an excellent job doing that. Um, And I mean, to the point where like, I knew more about the Battle of Culloden and and Scottish history than my sister's British wife did when I went to England. Yeah, she grew up in England, went all about it. And we went, the first time I went to visit, we went to Scotland, we went to Culloden. And I was asking Tanya all these questions. And she's like, I don't know. What are you talking about? I was like, well, this and da, 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 da. And she's like, I never learned that in school. I'm like, 
okay. <laughs> so she does an excellent job. Um, and I really kind of hope that they, they pick it up. They need to pick it up. Season six needs to pick it up or there's going to lose people. So are you going to be one of them? It's possible. Oh, wow. oh shit. Hear that? Gauntlet throne. Uh, I mean, the actors, CW, the actors are great. Know. It's just, they're, they're like dragging their feet getting through this storyline right now. And I don't know why. I'm going to yeah. give it some time. I, I watched them all with her. And uh, at this point, it's sunk cost, you know? <laughs> sure. I'm in for, I'm in for this much. Sunk cost is a fallacy. I, I know it's a fallacy. And I'm aware of this while I'm continuing to watch it. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show how important good writing and a good writing staff is because you could have, like you're saying, fantastic actors and fantastic source material and the product that turns out can start to wane as time goes by. Fantastic actors can produce trash. Yeah. Look at Star Wars Episode 2. Yeah. But you also got to give them credit for trying to work with what they had. What Look they at Twilight. Getting. Yeah. Well, that the source material in Twilight is trash. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So, so, so not a good example. No. Hmm. I'm com- I'm kind of surprised you didn't wind up at the super- supernatural convention last week. That was, was here, here in town. Yeah, at Bally's. No, I've never been to any of the supernatural conventions. No? Mm-mm. I Even knew- though I loved that show. Yeah, I only knew about it because like Felicia Day was there, and I and I follow her on Twitter, and I was like, oh shit, that was this weekend. Well, if I had known, uh, I would have gone. Wow. Yeah. The Bally's. Yeah, it slipped right under my radar. Then again, it's a creation convention, so yeah. you never know. Yeah. Never mind. You never know how care. how good and creation. or bad those things can be. Ugh. Well, I've seen Gross. bits. The one thing about going to a very dedicated convention is that is all of the that's all you get. And I've seen recordings of some of them, mm-hmm. and it's like Jared and Jensen just like standing up on stage, talking back and forth, and answering questions, and like. Okay, that's great. I can only maybe watch that for a couple hours. Right. I don't want to do that for an entire weekend. So that's why I like Comic-Con. Comic-Con is a mixture of all of it. Right. You get bits and pieces of all the stuff that you like, and you don't have to just one topic. Yeah, and you can pick and choose, too. Mm-hmm. Sure. Even if something that I'm, I, as you probably heard on earlier Geek Shocks, uh, I went with Paul to the Masters of the Universe convention, what, years ago. Right. And as much as I... I I, I kind of like Master of the Universe. I don't love it, but I watched it as a kid. It's not something like, ah, I don't like it, so I'm not going to go. It's more going with him was what it was about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you have a show that is just one thing, and the dealer floor, for the most part, is just one thing, and the show goes on for multiple days, right? It, boy, you burn out if you're not really into that thing. There's there's only so much of that museum of prototype toys you can look at before you're like, okay, I need something different now. Yep. So, yeah, the the whole Comic-Con issue or even, like, I, I, I am foregoing for any geek fan con, yep. no, no matter how focused or unfocused it is. Right. By all means, if it's your thing, go. If, if, that, if Supernatural's your thing, you're going to love it. Uh, I would be tempted to go, but I know that I would probably last a few hours going, okay, I've, right. I've seen seven episodes of Supernatural, and the floor stuff is all Supernatural, and maybe there's 20% that isn't that I might be interested in. So, When you went to the Master of the Universe con, yeah. tell me about the programming, though. The reason I ask this yes. is because I've been to many Star Trek, just Star Trek cons, okay. and when you have just one thing at the con... Star Trek's a bad example because there's so Because it is. Because they have so, so many much. shows. Yeah. And- but if you go to a con, it's just like one thing. 
all the weirdos come out and like the real it's like the gem convention oh like the gem convention (laughs) that we sent uh doug x to yes oh yeah and they have like the fashion show and the retrospective on what this one particular character thinks and there's always a dance contest and a fashion show and some bullshit like that. Now, I'm wondering, what did they have for Masters of the Universe? Oh, they had writers and creators and pe- people that were part of making the toys. All that stuff, those talks were real interesting. Because toy history is, is a fascinating thing to me. But did they uh, have, but, like, the weird stuff? I mean, they had a costume contest, but really, there there wasn't a lot of oddity to it. Hmm. Uh, it was very surprising. One of the first Star Trek cons I ever went to was up in the Union Plaza back when it was all oh, that yes. and it was in a hole it was terrible uh, but I went and the dealer's floor you know chock full of Star Trek stuff and yeah they had a smattering of other things as well but uh, then there's always that section of the dealer's floor that's selling slash fic <laughs> oh wait wait what fan 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 fiction fan fiction well, I, I've never seen a booth that sold fan fiction before really ne- never Wow. I mean, I've seen plenty of it on the internet, certainly, and I've seen you haven't done bo- some... bootleg DVDs, but I've never seen a fan fiction booth. At at a Star Trek vendor's room? Uh, at any vendor's room, frankly. Wow. Star Trek, it's... it's I mean, Star Trek is kind of where it was invented. Mm-hmm. People putting together those staple, spined, hand-drawn... Kirk, Spock, looking Liter- at each other. Literally typed on a typewriter... <laughs> Script, yeah, you know, they and I'm like, oh, what are these? Are these? Are these? I, I looked at, and, I, and I remember this the first time I ever encountered this. Oh, what are these scripts from the from the original show? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember this show. Why you know? And then they have like slash fic. I'm like, well, what's slash fic? Is that like murder stuff? Oh no, no. you know, Todd, your statement is not entirely true. Oh, good. Please remind me. At at Comic Con, I was gonna say at Comic Con when we were at the table where the scripts were that you were buying some scripts. On that same table in one portion was oh, fan fiction. Okay. So while you didn't actually go over and look at it, you it have there. been to a table that has okay, fan fair fiction. Enough. I, I fully admit that then. Because wow. while you were talking to that guy, I was like looking around at everything and I'm like, oh shit, they got slash fiction on the table. Wow. I got no problem with fan fiction. And if you think about it, Star Trek The Next Generation had an open script policy where you could, yep. you could mail them scripts and they would put them on uh, and make them on the show. But slash fic. What is it, Deb? Slash fiction. Yeah. Why? Why do? Why did? Why did chicks like stories of 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 of, of, of it's romance? TV bros. I mean, they just slob like slob and knob. I don't know what it is, but a lot of like it's stories. Baldy, neck pinch, but down there. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is Kirk, about sex cells, the, but sex cells. We call this the. It's Vulcan weird too, because <laughs> and, 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 and a lot of those writers, it, it it's not even just hetero. It's like le- yeah, it's whatever. Lesbian, lesbian writers. It's just like. I think the kids call that shipping now. Man, yeah. <laughs> a lot of them are wearing furry costumes now, too. There's a lot of furry stuff. Oh. Let me show you the Vulcan taint sniff. <laughs> Which is really kind of funny, because once you get the costume off, there's no furry. Barony stuff. Oh. I went to Comic Palooza, and I've mentioned this before, and one of the, uh, the best... Oh, panels yeah. was like a retrospective on bronies and all about how it's the the seminal thing that oh. defined a generation no it didn't defined a generation okay oh, i won't yeah. go that far wow well, they did and i mm. wasn't gonna go anywhere near that room because i i 100 support bronies 
I don't However, know. cultural touchstone, I don't know about that. No. I, I don't support no. bronies. Um, I know you don't. I'm, I'm, I'm with I'm, you on that. I'm, I, with I, you on that. I, I'm good with all races. You do whatever we want. You know, I don't care what you lick, but man. <laughs> there, gonna, there's another t-shirt. I don't care what you lick. <laughs> I don't care what you lick, but I, I am, I'm going to say I am openly prejudiced against bronies and furries. Wow. And brony furries. Mm-mm. What are they? Mm-hmm. Uh, burries? Phonies? F- fro- <laughs> this, fro- this really phonies. sounds like a question f- for for fact check, but you know, sadly, he's not here right now. Mm. I wasn't going to go there. I was thinking it. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Jeff. <laughs> so I, the, bro- you, you, the brony thing, has it come and gone now that friendship is magic is over? No. They're, I don't they're, think they're what, do you mean, what do you mean come and gone? It's like it's the internet. It's there forever. Uh, sure. Well, but, but popularity yeah. waning and I don't gaining. Know. What? 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 They're there. They're, well, sure. They're just, they're, you know, yeah, they're, when they're when they're all sure. in their seventies, they're gonna. When we're all dead and gone, they're all gonna sure. be. Sure. And there are like three people who enjoy Voyagers, the eighties time traveling show too. But doesn't mean that it's a. I thought you meant Star Trek Voyager. No, that's why I had to clarify. Oh, okay. yeah. That only only ladies like. I know. If you're yeah. listening to the, if you're listening to this, do you know a brony? Do you have a brony story or a furry story? Yeah, well, write in. I really want to know. You, okay, you you know a brony. You, uh, oh, I do. But I'm saying, if anyone else does, <laughs> you mind giving them your personal email address because I don't want to have to read that. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, vlarg at geekshockpodcast.com. There you go. Send your. Uh, I don't want your slash fic. I don't want your fan uh, fiction of Brody. Send your Vulcan taint sniff pictures there. There you go. <laughs> Unless it stars Torgo. You want a real story. It has to be a, a factual story. Something that you, actually happened. I to just want to know if if you know a Brony. If it if it's okay. uh, if it's as popular as it was before. Gotcha. Or oh, furries. Oh man. <laughs> what what are you laughing at? I can't say it because it's <laughs> But then don't. <laughs> then don't. Then don't. I'm just. I'm just waiting for the email. Yo, man, I jacked this guy, and I opened up a bag, and there's a bunch of brony shit in there. That's my real life story. That would be so ironic if that guy <laughs> actually to listened podcast. to us. I have a feeling he doesn't, but yeah, that's my brony story. <laughs> yeah, really. I was dumpster diving. You know, we got to get back to Comic Con. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we need some. We need to be standing on some lines, and and we need to interview the right people. We need to interview the furries, and we need to interview the bronies. That's all you. <laughs> furries like to stay anonymous in a lot of cases. Yeah. You know that, right? Oh, because, I know because we we be, tried because of people like Barry. Yes, we tried to get press passes <laughs> to the Furry Con San Diego. It was a San Diego or somewhere in Southern California, and they openly said, "No, we no press. No, yep. absolutely not." Oh. not us. Is it like is it like Defcon where like they don't even they don't even talk about it? Well, Defcon y- they y- talk about it all the time, especially you know Spot the Fed. Spot yeah, the Fed's spot a big thing at Defcon. They- they have a convention. They Bob talk about it. it. They just don't want press because press might take it the wrong way. I would. Might. <laughs> Will take well, it the wrong way. Yeah. It's not, or the right way. It's actually, really. I don't think it's so much that is. A lot of people who go to those types of conventions want, that's their, they don't care that's who else knows. Place. It's their they private business and be, they want to keep it confidential. And That's fine. Well, yeah. You don't want that ending up in HR. <laughs> <laughs> when, when they're like, oh. 
that's where all the baby powder's been going. <laughs> Matt, would you do this with? <laughs> that's good, Kirsten. I like that. Well, thank you. That was good. I saw the Batman. You saw what the Batman. The f- you yeah. did something? The Me Batman. too. Not a it? Batman, the Batman. Oh, it the was good. Bat- it yeah. was good. It's really fun. I good. like DC, as you know. I do like the grit and the darkness and all of that and vengeance and all that crap. The Riddler, I liked him a lot. I couldn't stand... Remind me what actor plays him in this movie? I Well, I mean, they haven't really been saying it in the, the trailers, but I mean, I could tell you who he is, but I don't know if you want the surprise. <laughs> oh, it's, it's like a reveal then, thing? Then, Ooh. Okay, Ooh. then yeah. Ooh. That's fine. I did not like Catwoman's arc in that whole movie. Why not? So, sorry, so this one they've got Batman, Joker... Riddler. No. No, no Joker. No Joker. Just, okay, Riddler, just Riddler and Catwoman. Penguin. And Penguin. Yes, but okay. very early on Penguin. Yes. So he's like second in command or like a lieutenant of the Falcone uh, family. Got it. Played by Colin Farrell. And I was looking. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm squinting. I'm looking. He's obviously wearing a lot of prosthetics and everything. A lot I'm of sure it was prosthetics and not just, oh, to make him look like the penguin. He was, he's completely unrecognizable. You, yeah. If if I didn't tell you that was Colin Farrell, you'd be asking what actor played the penguin because the, the weight that they add on through prosthetics, they make him, you know, pudgy and... Yeah. And you know, not quite the the pronounced beak nose that you have like in some of the comics, but somewhat like that, as well as uh, all the other makeup work they did with him. It's it's outstanding. Does he have a monocle? No, he doesn't. No. And a top hat. He does have gold teeth. Is he like it's Burgess more, Meredith? More <laughs> more like the more recent versions of of Oswald Cobblepot, uh, and then also like you might see in like the Arkham games. Okay. Okay. So continue. That's fine. Jeff's allowed to. No, no, I man. This questions. is the one time you talk oh, about something. Yeah, yeah. This <laughs> get the yeah. floor is yours. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of Robert Pattinson? As ba- I, I think he did a good I, job. I think he did a Batman. fantastic job. He was a very, yeah. a very good job as Batman. Uh, it takes. It's a younger Batman. He's only been doing it for two years, so it's mm-hmm. like, like he's the Batman the, year two. Yeah, so Batman like year early twenties or late teens. Uh, probably uh, late, mid to late twenties. Yeah. Okay, mid to late twenties. Okay. Um, like he's obviously not the master detective yet. He's most often he's the dumbest guy in the room compared to like Gotham PD and all that, like figuring out this stuff. Like he misses a lot of stuff in this movie, um, like trying to figure it out. But he also points out a lot yeah, of stuff. He, to them like, that but he li- but he's not like typical Batman where it's like I know what the hell's got going on. No one else does. Um, is, you, is he like post Raj Al Ghul, Guild of Shadows stuff, or do they yeah. even touch on that? I I can't say anything without going into spoiler talk about then, that. Then don't. But um. Um, where was I going with that? No idea. Thanks a lot. Dumb Barry. guy. Sorry. Dumb guy. You said, you said he's, he's not, quite, he's the not, the the guy not room, quite the but, smartest guy in the room, but he's also not the dumbest guy in the he's room. He's also yeah. not the and dumbest then guy. He has he leans on um, uh, Lieutenant Gordon a lot in this mm. movie. Like they're they're like good guy, bad guy, like cops, and it's pretty funny. Like the relationship he has with Gotham PD because they're they're all like, "Are you okay with this guy in here?" Like what the hell is he doing here? He's like he's he's in there when they're like going over crime scene yeah. stuff like that, and he's like, oh, he's wearing gloves, <laughs> stuff like it's that. Fine. One one joke, one joke in the whole yeah. movie, but uh, yeah. So I I really like that, and then Nirvana the Nirvana cover in there, uh, something in the way. Yeah, that was really really good, and that was my favorite scene of the whole movie, where it's like it's a big city, I can't be everywhere, and they they play the Nirvana uh, theme, and you see like. Common criminals like guy graffitiing like the side of a bank, and then he's like 
but I'm in the shadows. They think I'm in the shadows. Fear is a weapon. Like he's talking over this, and they're like, shh. And he drops the can, it rolls into the shadow, and he's like, I think I better just go home. And that happens like some guys like sticking like sticking up someone, he looks in the shadows and like and they look up, they see the light, and they you know, they just melt away. Like all of the like light is an effective tool in that whole movie. Hmm. But uh the the bat bat signal. But yeah. Really, really good. Okay. Uh don't take a drink, three hours long. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Oh so yeah, you, I saw a big post thing. about that where he said he went first thing in the morning so that he didn't have to pee in the middle. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. is a website. I don't remember the name of it where it'll tell you the yeah. best time yep. to go pee. I remember that exists. I don't remember the name of. That. What's the name of that? Uh, no. Yeah, I I agree with Matt. It's uh, it's really well done. It is long. Um, I have to disagree with Biggs that it felt too, a little too long. Um, I do agree with him. There was a couple areas that could have been tightened up just a touch. Yeah, like like the but, Catwoman arc. Like some of that stuff, you could have like tightened that up and cut cut some of it if you wanted to. Like there was too much of the. There's I'm trying to think how to say this without spoiling it. Right? This, this is not your typical shoot 'em up, bang bang action Batman film that we've gotten used to over the okay. Over the the last few decades, um, it's more I, Arkham. I feel like it's much more representative of him fighting only when he needs to, but trying to use his brains and trying to do an investigation and trying to solve these puzzles as part of the storyline, the storyline arc of the movie. So it's not just him going in and cracking skulls repeatedly for two hours. Um, he does some of that, but there's he, maybe like three yeah. fight scenes. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Like maybe three or four fight scenes through the whole film. Would you agree with some of the critics that it is Fincher esque? Um, maybe. I, I, I probably wouldn't go that far. I do feel like there's uh, definitely a gritty realism to it that we haven't quite had in some of the Batman films before. Yeah, it's. I mean, there's. You've had Gotham hints of the sucks. yeah. <laughs> you've had hints of the realism, but yeah, it, it's. I, I I gotta say, as far as like my point of view, watching it, it reminded me a lot of the Arkham games. So I oh, feel like whoever did the art direction, set design, etc., probably watched a lot of those video game playthroughs and said, "Oh, I'm going to take some elements of this and take some elements of this." In fact, even the the Batman outfit that he's wearing feels very much like that first Arkham game. Um, yeah, there's so. no bat nipples. All yeah, right? there's no, no bat, bat nipples. nipples. I'm out. And everything of his suit is is functional. It's not there just for, you know, decoration. And I don't want to say too much more than that because it does um, All right. pop up in the story. But yeah, I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I had a good time with it. And I loved the fact that you had a mystery that he's solving throughout the film as opposed to just, you know, going in guns blazing and then trying to figure it out as he goes along. He's actually analyzing things. He's looking at videos and he's grinding it back and forth and doing facial recognition and all this shit. And it's like, it's like okay, this is, this is more like what I had to do when I played the Arkham games. <laughs> like you actually had to play Batman as the character is. You know, he's world's greatest detective so yeah. detective noir but but just like matt said it's, you can definitely tell it's very early on so he's still kind Learning. of picking up some of the forensic um you know crime scene investigation stuff like okay this is what i should be looking for and this is you know telling the forensic text you should look at this or sometimes he'll just walk over stop at something look at it and then walk away and the crime tech will be like 
how'd I miss this? And then they're snapping pictures. Take stuff, a picture, so. yeah. So yeah, I don't want to say too much more because it's definitely worth checking out. But yeah, I oh, really, yeah. really liked it. Barry, what's the name of that website again? The name of that website is RunP. RunP.com. Run well, yeah, it's you can go on Android or <clears throat> Apple Play Store and you can download RunP. And when you oh. do, I, I'm doing, I'm looking at this as Jeff was talking. Um, you get a P coin, and you can. <laughs> Okay, uh, okay what? You. you can spend your P coin to see when, when the, the, the P times are. And so for Batman, I will spend my P times. Okay, we have four good P times. I recommend the second P time as the best of the bunch. The third P time is also very good. It's car chase scene. So, and you can get timers to give you 30 seconds before the P time is coming up. And there's, uh, so P time number one is about 22 <laughs> and a half minutes in when... Bruce says something to Who Alfred. Who needs to pee that early into a movie? Okay, well, this is the second <laughs> one. You, no. Biggs. I go right before the movie starts. Around 44 minutes in uh, when Catwoman says something. And some, and, and there's a little uh, thumbs up here. It says, this is a great pee time. You won't miss any action or plot development. And there's a couple other ones, too. And then there's one that's bad. Like, this. Uh, there's some plot development here. You probably saw the scene in the trailers. Other than that, you won't miss anything. So don't go, at, like, two minutes in. Or two hours in. Two minutes. Two minutes. In. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I, I just want to go back a little bit. You you said you had to spend a P coin. Yes. You get P coins. How do you earn P coins? Yes, well, by watching ads. By P. Oh, that makes sense. It's ad driven. It's ad driven. <laughs> by watching ads, I bet you could probably pay for P coins. I'm not going to. See, look, I can I earn five P coins by sharing the Run P app. Hmm. I'm excited for P coins. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> Well, there's the title of the episode. I'm excited <laughs> for P-Coins. I hear they're actually becoming really big in Russia right now. <laughs> Only when Trump's visiting. Anyway, that's Run P. All right. Which is pretty much what I did that's geeky this week. Otherwise, I just did what she did. Oh, that works for me. Uh, Jeff, did you do anything else besides watch the Batman? Uh, I did watch uh, the premiere of Star Trek Picard. Um, oh, yeah, we watched that, too. It starts off with a bang. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. It, uh, it's a really good first episode. It is. It absolutely is. And I think there's only a total of 11 episodes this season, and they shot seasons two and three simultaneously. Oh. So they've already wrapped uh, filming for season three, and they're starting post-production. So That's a good idea. So we'll get uh, season three, which will be the final season of Star Trek Picard. Great. Um, that means soon I'll be able to watch Star Trek Discovery. Probably in about a year, but... Uh, <laughs> But Discovery, um, that was a, an interesting historical date uh, last Thursday because that was the first time you had two brand new episodes of two different Star Trek series online yeah, you, simultaneous, simultaneously. Yeah, you For the first that. time in, I think they said 21 years or 22 years. It was like 98 or 99 was the last time that it was there were two different series airing. D-Space 9 at the same and... D-Space 9, yeah. yeah. Voyager and D-Space 9. Yep. Right. Can we call Voyager a real series? Yes, it yes. was. <laughs> it gave us seven of nine. That's Very, true. Like it or not, it is canon. <sighs> Mr. Dakotay. Mr. Neelix. Mr. Neelix. Like, Mr. like, uh, Neelix. Well, I know I've, I've mentioned it to Kirsten before. It's like there's that Star Trek meme with Garrick and, and Bashir talking, and he's like, he's like, so, so it's canon even when I don't like it. He's like, my dear doctor, especially the ones you don't like. Well, I spent a little time this last weekend playing board games with the monkeys from our Kofi members. Nice. And uh, I had a great time on Board Game Arena doing that. So thank you, everybody who joined us. 
Uh, I have to say, uh, Asmodee buying Board Game Arena has been great so far. They what has ha- it added? Uh, they have been adding games faster and more of their popular ilk into it. Now, most of those are only available paid. to yeah. paid subscribers of it, but Board Game Arena costs $30 a year. So it's pretty cheap if you want to do it. Or you just have to know somebody who's a member, and they only need is one person to start a game. Anybody who's not a member can join that game. And if you're listening, you know at least two people who are members. That's right. Yep. Uh, so uh, we had a wonderful time playing King of Tokyo at the end there. I like that uh, game. Such a good game and a great translation. We accidentally played with a... Uh, because, because I set it up and <laughs> fucked it up. Uh, but we played with one of the... Uh, uh, add-ons to the game where it adds a Egyptian curse to the city and that made it really funky because we uh, some of the players have never won played that game before so this was kind of our test game to go through it and none of us had ever played with that particular expansion expa- add-on, whatever expansion and we had no idea how it worked, so we were piecing it out as we were playing, figuring out how the add-on worked because yeah. it works automatically with the game system. So, and it's a really interesting add-on. I kind of like it. Um, next time we play it, we'll probably do it without, but I could see us adding it back in. Did you guys get to play Seven Wonders? Oh uh, yeah, we started with Seven Wonders. Uh, we when we played through a lot of the old favorites, we we didn't do Saboteur, but we did Downforce. Uh, we did Six Nymphed. So I had a great, great time. So played for about three and a half hours. Awesome. Cool. So, uh, and again, if you want to join up on that, check out the uh, Kofi memberships and you'll see the tiers where that is available. Uh, Also played and uh, uh, let go of Far Cry 6. Uh, I have really enjoyed the Far Cry series Uh, up till now. Uh, I just got bored with it real fast. Far, Far Cry t- tends to live and die by its villains. It's known for having great fleshed out villains. And this villain just wasn't all that compelling. And I don't think it was so much that the villain wasn't compelling that my character and their predicament just wasn't sold to me at the beginning. Uh, because it tried to introduce so much so fast, but did it in such a superficial way that's like, Okay, this person next to me apparently was my best friend and they just died. Uh, but I never got to feel that at any given point, so I don't care. So it just became a follow the indicators on the map and go do the thing game. Is the villain for six uh, Giancarlo Esposito? Yeah. Uh, yeah, something like along those lines. I'm surprised. Because um, he's a really, really good actor. And, and something tells me as you go it's through, there's yeah. probably going to be a strong twist that actually makes that a little better. But at that point, I'd sunk in at least 12 to 15 hours into it. And it wasn't taking you yet? And Yeah. yeah and, and so I was like, maybe I'll come back to it eventually. I want to play other things. So I, I gave it a shot. And I might go back to it if I get feeling like an open world game of that style again. But Oh, yeah. Sorry. That reminds me. I did do something geeky. Um, um I started watching... Well, I didn't ask you. Didn't you notice that? I, I, I didn't ask <laughs> if you asked me or not. I, I don't care. Um, I started listening to... Uh, listen to... Watching um, Seven Days to Die uh, videos online because I used to play that game. And somehow or another, it came up in my feed. So I was like, all right, let's give this a shot. Apparently, they're on... This game has been going since 2013, and it's still an alpha. Okay, you can get it on Steam. <laughs> 
They're on Alpha 20 right now. Jesus. Jesus Christ. And I used to play it uh, back in the day because I remember there was a there was a, some something, I think it was on Penny Arcade, where they said, hey, there's there's a there's a part of the skill tree here called Sexual Tyrannosaurus. I'm like, I got to try this game. And it's a really good game. It's a solid zombie game. Okay. So, 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 so lay it out. Seven Days to Die, if I remember right. It's an open world survival open game. Open world survival game. You're, you, you start the game. You're just basically in the woods in shorts and t-shirt and you get to go survive and you can make your clothes make your armor go scavenge for stuff kill zombies and they get stronger at night and the fun thing is uh, every seven in-game days moon turns blood red and the zombies go batshit insane and it's horde mode and you just gotta survive the night and it is tough and, um, and you can build up fortifications and yeah and if so you're like horde mode like left for dead horde mode yeah Wow. Yeah, it's hard. And you can eventually build up like concrete and steel fortifications. The zombies will tear that, tear through that stuff. Um, and it's really tough. But I played, uh, again, this is like seven years ago, um, on a server that I found uh, that was persistent. And there was maybe like 20 people on the server. And I got to know a few of them and joined a community. So it was easier to survive. Um, but uh, I started watching videos from this guy, Glock9. It's actually it's really funny. Um, and he just does it solo, and it's it, the game has evolved, and it is way more polished than it was. And I'm really I I was very tempted to try and play it again, so I downloaded it because I still have it on Steam. Um, oh my god, my computer is not ready. Oh no, no, no! This is definitely a work machine I have, and not a uh, not a gaming laptop, so I can't play it because it plays like this. Uh... It sucks. I can't. I can't do it. Huh, well, maybe in the next generation they'll finally release it. Yeah, maybe. That reminds me of like Star Citizen or something. Like, I, constantly I, in? It blows my. I can't honestly. I can't stand that any game. Of hasn't it. ever even come out, has it? It has. I, all these permanently these, in alpha. They have permanent yeah. alphas. I can't yeah. stand. I I will not buy or play your game if it's an alpha. I just refuse. When you release it, I'm re- I'm there for it. But damn it. If you don't release it, I'm not buying it. Simple as that. I'm not here to be your bug tester. Yes, I 100% agree with you. However, uh, personal experience, Seven Days to Die is a solid permanent alpha. I'm sure it is. And they've made plenty of money doing it the way they've done it. So why release it when they've already made their money? I don't know. So... Well, wouldn't you say that that No Man's Sky was a bit like a like an early alpha when it was released? Because no, you said there a, were a lot of problems with it. There's right a difference the between a game that's released with a lot of problems and a game that is intentionally not released. Right. Oh, okay. So, all, yeah, No Man's Sky is not the game that it is now. Now it's a fantastic oh, yeah. game. Yeah, it's evolved when, a lot. When it was released, it was lackluster. I still enjoyed it, but it was a zen experience versus a open world living through space experience. Yeah. But the fact is, they released a game. They made it better. Was it unfinished? I don't know. They just ended up making it what they promised. But the fact is, if you are saying, this is our game, it's not ready for release, but we'll let you buy it and play it anyway, what is the incentive for releasing that game if your 80% of your audience has bought it? Right. I so I just can't get behind the philosophy. No, I don't know what the deal is. I don't know why it's been on the market for nine years. Nine years. Yeah. I don't know. It's maybe like it's, it's a small stick. It's like well, no, kind of, never but, released game. Well, that's just, maybe they had some vision that they never that that never came to fruition. Maybe it's just a really small company. Now here, I don't know. Here's the thing. They have released it. 
I have played a release build on PlayStation. Really? Yeah. So they have released the game. So maybe they have released it or just the PC version is still in alpha. Maybe. Uh, dude, I don't know. But it's a good game. Maybe yeah. that's where they test all their changes for the... And, and, then, and I'm fine. It's like, no, this is the game. This is released. And we're still building onto it. I am fine with that. Just officially release your damn game. Yeah. Yeah. Kirsten, what did you do this week? Well... First of all, I was thinking maybe Geek Shock should make a game. We just call it Permanent Alpha. <laughs> just, yeah. That's, we already do that. It's called a yeah. podcast. As long as we don't release a book called Permanent Alpha because we'll get the wrong readers. That's true. <laughs> It'll be a permanent world. It'll be a permanent alpha, uh, open world, survival, economy, uh, RTS. fantasy, RTS, RTS sci-fi, <laughs> western game. But... Alpha zero point one will just be us learning how to base do base how how to, how to get a sprite to move left and right. <laughs> yeah. So eventually we'll get it to move up and down. And and that'll well, be beta alpha like twenty. And Steve will be our play tester. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how do I move? Well, luckily I, we only have a, a little sprite. It's just a, literally a square that's going to yeah. move left and right. Eventually, there will be zombies, and there'll yeah. be an economy, and the whole business, and there'll be actual graphics. But to start, <laughs> it'd be a square. You move left or right. And and oh, Barry, on top of all that, it takes place in an actual sandbox, <laughs> and it's a VR game. Yeah, and and circle and gets the square, the and they have an alternate reality game thing that goes like you. You put your address in, and we'll send you letters about the square that's moving left and right. Yeah, right? sure. Yeah, yeah. There for you for thirty dollars, <laughs> you'll get space invaders without the aliens. Yeah, or the missiles. But oh, don't worry, don't worry. It's just a pre-release alpha. Yeah, it's just just till we get on our feet and learn how to make a game. Permanent alpha. Yeah, it'll be a it'll play by mail game to start. Play by mail. Computer Who, who's going to go to E3 and, and, and say, we hear you. We hear you, gamers. We're going to do this, that, this, oh, that. <laughs> Barry. Because uh, he'll go. get up on stage and he'll be like, fuck you. Fuck <laughs> off. Shut the fuck up. You want your game? Well, yeah, here's this. Fuck you. Hey, hey. Hey, hey fuck your you. fucking game whenever I'm ready. Here, he'll <laughs> represent us. Hey, hey, jack off. We got your money already. <laughs> <laughs> but I will deliver for that money. And the... So the first letter you get in the mail will tell you what direction the square is going. Some people will get a left. Some people will get a right. What? Who knows? Oh, shit. Exciting. And, and, the, Exciting. Fan, and the fan fiction will be, it'll be going diagonal left or diagonal. <laughs> That's slash fic? Slash fic. Oh, slash fic. Slash fic. <laughs> when left fucks right. <laughs> <laughs> Kate, what'd you do? Dressed up in a furry costume. I, uh... Well, I had another... Endoscopy today. What good geeky times. things did you do? That's not geeky. What, geeky are, you, what are you talking about? How is that geeky? Someone's looking inside my stomach. That's pretty geeky. It's science. Cool. Sounds it's like, science. It's science. Sounds like a Vulcan taint sniff to me. Yeah. It's science. Science. It, uh, hopefully this will be my my last science. one in a while. We'll see. I still got to do my uh, my uh, follow up. Was the nurse wearing Pac Man scrubs? What? Uh, yeah, she, not this time. She's avoiding me now. I think she looked me up online. Did you make it weird? <laughs> I didn't. He, I, he probably made it weird. I didn't get a chance to. Uh, I don't know. In the middle of the procedure, you're like, use another finger. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't know. And she wasn't even in the room. I don't know. Anyway. She saw it was on the camera. Yeah. <laughs> I did watch uh, Guardians of the Universe. 
the uh, the oh my god the horrible the, the horrible thing that Barry hated last week. Yes. Oh, Guardians of Justice. Yeah, you said Guardians of the Universe. I think is it Guardians of Justice? Does it yes. matter? Maybe you watched the wrong thing. No, I watched the right thing. <laughs> I watched the right thing. <laughs> the description yeah. was spot on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I can hardly wait for Jeff to watch it because I, I'm a big fan of try bold and experiment even if you fail. This one really does fail. Yeah. But it, 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 it's funny because I'm sitting here watching it, and the first thing is it's a total salute to the 80s. Okay. The cinematography, Jeff, I swear to God, made me think of the way they, the way they shot it made me think of um, the, uh, the, the, the Flash, mm-hmm. although that was 90s. That wasn't 80s. But that, that Flash... Uh, Max Headroom. Okay. And then uh, other cheap sci-fi stuff like uh, 80s stuff like, uh, remember Generation X? That was like a pilot for an X-Men thing that came out. Yeah. 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 And there's there's a particular 80s style of shooting. Uh, lots of shadow. And, and, and then, of course, the colors. And this was echoing that. All over the place. I thought they were going for a, like a 300 vibe or, or a, what's the one? The Sin City. Um, I didn't, I didn't, see, well, sometimes. A little bit. See, probably more Sky Captain. No, 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 no. Yes. <laughs> see, the thing is, the thing is, is that they're all over know. the place. Part of the things that hurts it is it's all over the place. They literally do moments where they, they do like comic panels like narrative panels and stuff like that, as well as some interesting uh, animation stuff that uh, looks <clears throat> looks very, um, very uh, uh, kind of Looney Tunes, kind of Fleischer uh, type of, type of uh, animation when they're like talking about, when they're giving the backstory. And... Then they go for full out silly. The guy who plays the Batman guy, fat guy with a beard. <laughs> and it's actually utterly ridiculous. And his voice is ridiculous. The guy who, the Superman analog is an Asian dude in a muscle suit. It's very obviously a muscle suit. It's like they're not even, you know, trying, right. to, con- trying to hide it, really. And then there's Gene Seymour. Yeah, and um, it. Uh, Denise Richards, and they, they throw in a few people like that. It so it gets kind of strange like that. But it's all of this bad stuff I see as deliberate choices that they're trying to do something, and I think that they were really trying to push for an '80s bad TV kind of thing so it was really weird because they hit the bad part oh no <laughs> anyone so. who started this thing that's a name owed someone a favor probably <laughs> or got paid a probably. shit ton of money yeah, yeah. yeah like that uh, like the, the factory that does all the uh, the Bruce Willis movies where they exactly. pay like 90% of the budget's <clears throat> The film's budget to, to is, Bruce Willis Bruce to appear Willis. in like four or five scenes. Yeah. So that's why Netflix's price went up. You know? Because Bruce yeah. Willis needed an addition on his house. Because yeah. we needed Guardians of Justice. Uh, yeah. It was, it was weird. There's, 
there's this one long take where they're walking down an alley where a whole bunch of people have been killed and it's just one person after another dead and blood everywhere and it's two cops talking one of them is a little person little person cop and you know they're doing the whole yeah we're cops and we're talking like cops as well look there's another one yeah oh wow this is a crazy uh i think he was an owl a hawk i forget the the batman analog but it was a hawk i think it's like oh another hawk or another a cloth i forget it 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 was weird but i saw a metric ton of uh of um weird choices that were deliberate it's it it it's it's kind of hard to explain because it's like i don't want to say that it was incompetent in terms of like a create i I don't want to use the term vision (laughs) but you know creative choices but the the execution was was just it was it 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 really bad. looked like they were pushing on it. Uh, the Lex Luthor mm-hmm. uh, analog, that's the creator. That's uh, A.D. Adi Shankar. Oh, this is an Adi Shankar joint? Oh, yes. It's who a, is that? You, should we know this person? Yeah. If, if I if I remember right. He's I could a be... guy who taught the Beatles the zither, right? <laughs> no? Oh. The sitar? No. Uh, I, I could be misremembering it, and if I am, I apologize. But I believe this is the same guy who great, gave us a lot of those great... Uh, Marvel-inspired shorts on YouTube, like uh, Punisher Dirty Laundry. Yep. Punisher Dirty Laundry was good. Yeah. That's that's why when you said it, I was like, oh, wait, this is Adi Shankar? Dude, see, the thing is, is that these choices, I can actually... I can actually see... the, uh, the I could... Well, let me put it this way. I could believe that there was a technical execution of a choice... That, that went exactly like it was supposed to. But the choice is so odd, it's just like, I'm not sure how this works. Because if he's, if he's going for that bad TV superhero show of the 80s thing, he's nailed it to the wall. But it doesn't mean it's entertaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like maybe too well it's like you know you're shooting to be you know so bad it's good and he kind of missed the second part now now that you said who created it i'm really disappointed because he directed the the dread film from a few years ago that that was really good really Um, and he did do uh, punisher dirty laundry now now even more now even more jeff i'm telling you watch that just watch that first episode and tell me if you agree with me that these the the cinematography is trying to evoke that kind of okay. thing because I I swear that's what he, you know once you see it you understand what I'm talking about like the the way they you know those eighty shows were like everything everything the whole set's dark yeah. and you you have sort of like one diffuse source of light from below and stuff like that they did that a lot in the eighties. And for some reason, I always think of Max Headroom because uh, that's a lot of the imagery. I, but I'm telling you, I really think that he was shooting, he was deliberately shooting for that kind you of stuff. You have to understand, we normally don't bring something to the show that's this bad twice. But, <laughs> but yeah. the, the, the sheer number of, of questionable choices that were it's, made in it's, this it's, is mind-boggling. Yeah, no. It's, Cast, 
why half of them? I don't understand. Yeah, no, the, it's funny because the Batman analog is like the, the centerpiece, and the he's story, the, oh my god, <laughs> it's so weird. It, just, <laughs> it is just so funny. He's just so it's cringe. It's super cringe uh, to the point where I could not watch this. And, and you know what? I I want to make a cringy superhero uh, TV show. I don't know. I don't know, but well, that'll be part of the video game we're making. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> you make the cutscenes. <laughs> Completely open world. Your choices. So, yeah, in a sandbox. In a sandbox. Yeah. With a, a square kid, at a kid's playground. Bleep. Um, but yeah, it, I'm telling you right now, it's Bleep. it was Bleep. it was definitely weird. I'm Bleep. I'm not really captivated by it, so. I, I think I got further than Barry's one point two episodes. Okay. I think I might have hit wow. one point one point five. Wow. Oh, I got as far as to see Chaz Bono. Oh, okay. In it. So I was just <laughs> like is that Chaz Inspired Bono? casting. You know, which is really hilarious because I went is it? I went to the IMDB and Chaz is not 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 a, it doesn't have this credit in the IMDb. Maybe because he didn't well. want it. <laughs> Alan Smithy, the thing. Is, I, I don't why. know because it's in the it's in the episode. I saw the I raced ahead. I didn't finish the episode, but I raced ahead to the credits, and I'm up. Oh, yep, there's the name. But uh, uh, yeah, it, it's not on the IMDb. That's for damn sure. Wow. It, it, oh, it was. It. It was kind of a surreal thing because I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, well, I can see why Barry would call this bad. And then I'm like, the hell are they, you know, this is reminding me of those, those, those syndication TV shows in the 80s that actually aired at 11 p.m. Uh, like Silk Stockings or you know, shit like that. And I'm just watching this and I'm like, wait a minute. On USA Network. Yes. Yeah. And it's just like, I'm these are. What is this guy shooting for? It's it's yeah. This show is a bedtime story they tell to young actors in Hollywood. If you make <laughs> bad choices, you're going to end up doing this show. There you go. That's uh, it's might might be a moralistic. Tale. Oh yeah, here speaking of bad choices, you could choke on your ten dollars. That's my ten dollars. Piece of shit. It's, I I earned that. Yeah. You didn't use the appropriate verbiage. You fuck. Ah, nah. <laughs> 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 wow. Yeah. There you go. He didn't deserve it. Uh, I got a bit of mail, uh, a mail that's obviously trying to stir up some shit. Uh, Dear oh, the goes. Deb Show. Uh, <laughs> what's wow. up, motherfuckers and lady? I feel the need to weigh in on the age-old question, is Die Hard a oh, Christian's God. movie? Here we uh, go. Quote. Wait, a what? <laughs> a what? A Christian's movie. Yes, the fuck it is. Please let the atheist Jew explain. In the fairy tales called the Gospels, a lot of people die. Herod, the puppet ruler installed by Rome, finds out about Jesus and tried to have him killed by killing a lot of kids. A lot of people die in Die Hard. Jesus is saved by the heroic efforts of his parents and some well-informed friends. The Nakatomi hostages are saved by the heroic efforts of McLean and his well-informed friend Powell. Wow. Jesus is imperiled by some wise men talking to Herod. Holly is imperiled by a dumbass reporter putting her kids on TV. If you think that my arguments are a bit thin, please consider that according to the same fairy tales, Jesus was not born in December. Keep up the good work as always. Fuck your couch, asshole Gabe from Boston. <laughs> wow. From Boston. Boston. <laughs> Thank you for weighing in. 
and uh, <laughs> just just more evidence more evidence of a christian uh, oh sorry christmas christian movie yes mm-hmm. also how is it vip show that really what? irks you because she, no. <laughs> she gets the and credit yeah, yeah. Jeez. <laughs> and credit's solid. Although we can... Torgo's you know, got the top credit. She's got the and credit. We need to do a um, uh, a, a new logo and, and get a t-shirt. The Deb Show. The Deb Show. Yeah. Yeah. We just get a big old with With, Deb with logo. the Geek Shot cast. <laughs> like the Deb Show. with the, Featuring the Geek Shot cast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> no, the Deb Show featuring Deb. <laughs> and also, the Geek Shot cast. Yeah. With an appearance by... Jeff, let's do a bad impression, shall uh-oh, we? Uh-oh. All right. Hooray. Uh, just, just, this was from uh, Matt, Ace of Knaves Spalding, also Matt of Two Broke Geeks podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really need to hear Jeff read Patrick Bateman's closing monologue for America Psycho. So American Psycho has been yeah. happening here. Uh, as, well, I'll just hand it over to you so you can go ahead and have the script. Oh, boy. As I say, as Mickey Mouse. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Oh, oh God, Jeff's Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Mouse. This is something I do want to. Hear. I've never heard. This. I don't think I've ever done Mickey Mouse before. Matt and Barry can do it. You're a piece of shit. I'll beat your ass. Jesus, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. Right, and it's a good chunk. It's a it's a, yeah. it's a chunky little monologue. So, well, yeah, I mean, it is in the movie too. So, so go ahead, uh, find your inner evil, and give us Mickey Mouse. Oh God. You stumped them, guys. Uh. It's the little ums, ers, and as, and, yes. and frustrations before he begins that that I really enjoy. And the looks <laughs> in his face too, priceless. I'm trying to hear it in my head. That's right. That's right. Because because he doesn't get to practice it. He gets to hear it in his head and then expel Do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Get no practice time. All right. So it either works or it doesn't. Place your bets. All right, here goes. Huh? There are no more barriers to cross. All I have in common with the uncontrollable and the insane, the vicious and the evil, all the mayhem I have caused, and my own difference toward, I, I have now surpassed. Huh? Huh? My pain is constant. Constant and sharp. And I did not hope for a better world for anyone. In fact, I want my pain to be inflicted on others. <laughs> I want no one to escape. But even after admitting that this is there, it's no catharsis. My punishment continues to elude me. Our punishment continues. Yeah. And I gain no deeper knowledge of myself. <laughs> no new knowledge can be extracted from my telling. This confession has meant nothing. <laughs> I don't know if I want. Yeah, if uh, that's, that's bad. I don't know if I'd rather bad. hear that repeated from Jeff or the entirety of the Bards and Man Babies Romeo and Juliet. Ugh. I don't know. The Bards and Man <laughs> Baby Romeo and Juliet was pretty painful. That was rough to listen to. <laughs> I was like, "Is this still going?" Oh even some of the <laughs> even some of the shock monkeys chimed in said it was almost unbearable. Not your best impression, Jeff. No. Well, they are bad impressions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. Uh, I probably could have gotten s- to the similar title. by uh, just speeding up Jeff's voice, but I guess that's pretty much Mickey Mouse. Right? Yeah, yeah. kind of. But yeah, uh, God, that's not even one I've attempted before. <laughs> are you finding and more? It shows. <laughs> Do you need help? Uh, so, uh, so what's happening right now is Kay is still pulling off rubber nipples all over from when he went. Jeez. hooked up for anesthesia. Yeah. KG machine. Man. <laughs> I 
Yeah. Do we, do we have to strip you down and check you for oh, other sticker no. crap? <laughs> yeah. No, we well, we Matt's the that. expert. No, we don't need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> you guys have got gloves, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Dishwashing gloves, but still. All right. Yeah, fine. But if you would like Jeff to attempt a one of your uh, requests, you can always send it to us. Uh, comments at geekshockpodcast.com and uh, we still have a few more still in the bag that, that have been sent so all right as promised if you send it they will come so we are going to now move into news you don't give a shit about but first before we do this obviously because usually i just lay it on you but this is it this is the time when we pay our bill in full for J.R. Conkle's fantasy series, for all your reviews that you put out there for him, we made certain promises. We made good on Romeo and Juliet. We made good on Baby Got Back. Now it is time to make good on the very first one piece, which was Deb is going to read news you don't give a shit about, which means that it seems only fair that she should also be the one to yell it out. So yeah. I've, I've highlighted it all in blue so you know exactly where your script is, Deb. It is yours. Continue with the show. All right, and I'd like to point out I have not read any of this, so I will do my best not to trip over my tongue. I'd like to point out that Torgo tends to lapse into the voice he uses for red light, green light. What? 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 Since when? Since the beginning of the show every so often, I've heard it. Dude, I was doing that during Romeo and Juliet. (laughs) (laughs) What time is it? News you don't give a shit about. No! 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 Yay. <laughs> Warner yeah, Brothers right. yeah, has yeah. increasingly emphasized the potential synchronicity between its DC Comics-based superhero films and the HBO Max streaming service. It's how we wound up with Peacemaker, as well as still developing shows like Green Lantern, Corpse, and two spin-off ideas based on the Batman. But apparently, at least for now, we'll have to make do with just one. In a new episode of the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast, the Batman director Matt Reeves told host Josh Horowitz Horowitz, that the first announced spinoff from the film, a still officially untitled show focused on the Gotham City Police Department, is now on hold at the streaming service. One thing that we're not doing that I was going to do, so there's the Gotham Police show, which that one actually is put on hold, Reeves said. We're not really doing that. Reeves went on to explain some of the story ideas that went into the show, which was first announced back in the summer of 2020 in the lead up to the Batman's original planned 2021 release. The series was going to be kind of like Prince of Prince of the City, where it was going to be one year one, Reeves said, because the movie is year two, and I wanted it to be the first appearance, but it wasn't going to be a Batman story. It was going to be about this corrupt cop, and it was going to be about how the worst gang in Gotham were the G- GCPD, and Bruce was going to come across paths. He would have touched paths with Gordon, who would have been, it would have been someone to measure him against, but it would be a battle for his soul. It's super cool to me. And they, Warner Brothers, didn't like the idea, he explained. Still, there's also potential for an Arkham Asylum-inspired spinoff, as well as an already developing Penguin series focused on the rise of Oswald Cobblepot, played by Colin Farrell. Too much Batman. I am so disappointed with this news. I really wanted a Gotham PD show. You You got it. It's called Gotham. No, I wanted a good one. Do you need it? This one is set in this gritty universe of Batman that they're describing. Yes, I do. I, I would really like want it that. if they filmed it like cops. <laughs> that would be Gotham, like that, like Gotham. the troops that they did. What you gonna do? Oh yeah, that comedy show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what you want? <laughs> they live in a hell, night scare, hellish nightmare, hellscape. 
But I've lost Gotham. It. Good story. Gotham. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm glad that they're moving forward with the uh, Penguin one. And they've hinted now to a Arkham Asylum one, which, okay. But I, I, I just love stories about non-superpowered people in superpowered worlds. And mm, give it to me. God damn it. And, and the Matt Reeves thing, it just sounds like a really interesting thing focusing on a corrupt cop. So I'm sad to see this go. He's still interested in it. Warner Brothers isn't. Okay. What if they did a sitcom in Gotham City? To explain how that works. I don't know. I'm just saying I'd <laughs> they, like to see a half an hour comedy sitcom. They tried that. That was that, uh, uh, the one with the invention group. Uh, God damn it. I'm totally blanking out on know. the name of it. That Damage worked? Control? Was that it? That's something no. with... Argus, Star Labs... I don't can't know. Can't hear you, Kay. Uh, I, I can't. Well, it, it. it clearly wasn't memorable, and it sucked, so whatever. All right. Well, and a sitcom has a certain vibe that is different. Yeah, and then whenever Batman makes an appearance, like it, it totally would change. Just like it does for... Uh, Kevin can go fuck himself. That show... Where it's a sitcom and oh, then it flips yeah, yeah. and it's like dark. Have any of you guys watched that? No. Oh my god. Actually, it's what, interesting. What Kevin can go fuck himself. Yeah, it's on Netflix it looks or Amazon. I think it's Amazon. I don't know. But yeah, it, it definitely it's like it's like a total, you know, nineties sitcom with the audience and everything. But really that's like her perspective of how people see her life and then it jumps to like how film like how T V shows are filmed now and it's like dark and it sucks and yeah that and sounds it, fascinating it is it's it's very interesting yeah yeah and you, Batman Batman <laughs> so imagine father comes home from work hi honey I'm home oh dear did you forget the milk outside and then there's Batman and then yeah. it gets all gritty and dark there you go I would watch that don't forget to walk down Crime Alley I know his name Crime Alley you'll be fine okay <laughs> honey and then he dies and wear your nice pearls. <laughs> you could, you could, we could take some, uh, we could just basically take the shield. Okay. And uh, you film it two cameras in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> and then occasionally Batman shows up. That's what I want. I want the shield set in Gotham. That's what I yeah. want. <laughs> that is what I want. So. Now that song's in my head. All right. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Gotham. Here's a follow-up on the story almost a year a year ago about the guy who defrauded the U.S. government to buy a Pokemon card. To catch you up, Charizard cards are so popular and so rare that versions have sold for up to $369,000. According to the Associated Press, 31-year-old Vinanth Odumsini of Dublin. Wow, she did a great job with that. He actually spells it. He out. actually, like, phonetically he spells yeah. it. He still fucks it up? I, I usually fuck it up when I don't do that. <laughs> so Vinanth Odomsini of Dublin, Georgia, allegedly, illegally, there. There it is. Illegally. <laughs> an hour and a half in. <laughs> illegally applied for a COVID-19 relief loan last year when he inflated his entertainment services company's annual revenues and said that it, it employed more than more people than it actually did. Odensini oh, received $85,000 from the government and used two-thirds of that, $57,789, to buy a Charizard card. 
Odinzini pleaded guilty to one count of wire fraud and his plea agreement with acting U.S. Attorney David Estes, or yes, of the South District of Georgia included three years in prison as well as turning Charizard over to the feds. What did what, you do to get in here? <laughs> I, I killed my buddy and my ex-wife. What did you do? I bought a Charizard card. <laughs> this is how I talk. Don't fuck with this guy. That's a better Mickey Mouse than Jeff's. I put it in the spikes of my bike sticker. And it goes flip, 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 flip. Okay, I don't know what that was. I <laughs> went from Mickey to... It was never Mickey. Herbert the pervert <laughs> in the younger years. I'm he Herbert. Means, he means Jeff's Mickey. Oh, Jeff's Mickey. Yes. Oh, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> Matt and I do good Mickeys. Wow. I love what? the what? government now owns a Charizard. What are they going to do with it? They're probably going to auction it off. The Smithsonian. <laughs> Put it next Time to the capsule. close encounters of the third kind mothership. Time capsule during COVID years. We're going to open this up in 200 years from now and release COVID again. A million years ago, Paul got me into, like for, for like a minute, got me into do, playing freaking Pokemon cards with him. I think I had a Charizard. I don't know what happened to it. Shame. I know. Yeah. I liked all of the dragon-like Pokemon. Listen. All right. I had a $2 million Black Lotus. Well, <laughs> or no, $250,000 Black Lotus. You had a Black Lotus? Yeah. Yes. What happened to it? I have no idea. Oh. That hurts. You don't remember getting rid of it. You just can't find it. Ah, oh, it's, pro- it's gone now. Story of Matt's life. <laughs> <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. I Am Legend, the Will Smith starring 2007 film set in a post-apocalyptic zombified world, is getting a sequel at Warner Brothers. Wow. The new feature <laughs> will also... They Gotham PD for that. They're like, cancel this, green light that. Good idea. Yeah. I actually liked that movie. Yeah, yeah, that's a good movie. It doesn't need a sequel. I agree. The new feature will also have Michael B. Jordan on board as a fellow star and producer. We don't know anything yet about the plot of the new I Am Legend movie, but the original film was loosely based on the book by Richard Matheson, where Smith's character finds himself isolated in New York City as he tries to survive in a crumbling metropolis where he believes only zombies reside. It was adapted for the big screen by writer-producer producer Akia Goldsman, who is also coming back to pen and produce the upcoming film. The 2007 feature did well and grossed over $585 million worldwide off of the movie's $150 million budget. No news yet on when the project will go into full production. I thought that was weird when I saw that because Will Smith's coming back. And I'm like, he died at the end of the first film. How are they bringing him back? He's a ghost. He's I don't Quick know. question about well, filming budgets. So the film budget, does that include the actor's sal- like all the actor's salaries? Should. Well, budget yeah. should, yes. Okay. Yeah. They a lot for that. It is interesting, though. Kiva Goldsman is now one of the head writers with uh, the new Star Trek on Paramount Plus. Um, um, maybe they'll make a crossover series to go along with it. I, I believe he's writing on um, Picard right now, but I think he's also contributed to Discovery. Maybe so. they're crossover Picard and the Matheson story. No. I love crossovers <laughs> between two things that do not belong. <laughs> I love it. They, your, they do multi. They do your other life. Ni- Barry is a crossover of two things that don't belong. <laughs> they do other universes. Picard gets sucked into the world of I Am Legend. Love it. It's possible. With a phaser. Yes. Boy, that's a... It's that's permanently a, set on stun. Someone needs to slash fix this. No. Permanently set on stun. There you go. No. no. Yeah, get that good Will Smith, Patrick Stewart <laughs> slash fix. He didn't die. I thought he lived at the end. 
I thought the original, the original ending was he killed himself. Is this one of those films I forget? Did they have two endings that you could? Yes. See? Well, I don't know if you could choose, but they had one, and they totally they wanted a happy ending. So they changed it. So they they you know I thought that the that he had survived. Fresh yeah. Prince of Bel Air and Sons of Anarchy. Yes. You know what's funny? Uh, the Office had a crossover with Breaking Bad. I'm not even kidding. Uh, th- tell us about it. Uh, who was the other guy in Breaking Bad? Jesse, was Pinkman. it? Pinkman. Yeah, Pinkman was on uh, The Office, the office mm-hmm. delivering something to, I think, Creed. That's interesting. Yeah, look it up. Yeah, I've seen that scene. So, I yeah, like it. Those cool. two universes exist. I love that so much. All right, news you don't give a shit about. Almost, Yay! Almost three years after its debut, Disney Plus is gearing up for a new ad-based option in an effort to hook an influx of fresh subscribers. The pricing model, which has yet to reveal any specifics, will become available in late 2022, with a plan to extend to international markets in 2023. Disney Plus hopes to secure between 230 and 260 million customers by the 2024 fiscal year. And myself as a shareholder, I hope they do that. (laughs) The company reportedly closed out 2021 with 130 million paying users. The ad-based model will most likely end up being cheaper than the current options, which are $7.99 a month or $79.99 for an entire year. So new Disney Plus add-on as far as choice. No. Ad options. No. According to Disney, they are, are in flux with all sorts of requests for ads, so they're just listening to their advertisers. Well, they're, they're, they're trying to figure out how to make even more money off something that they're already making a shitload of money off of. Wouldn't you? That's, that's, that's business. But, yeah. but when is enough ever enough? I mean, I just don't. I'll tell you when. <laughs> well, and their part, I mean... So the parks are doing way better, obviously, because they're all fully yeah. open and stuff, but they're still not making as much money as they were pre-pandemic. Oh, I thought they're making more now because aren't the ticket sales like way the fuck up and they've, they've, well, they've reduced the amount of people that can get in on annual passes. So the majority of the people that are going right now are annual or excuse me, are um, it's not the so, typical 60 to 70% annual pass holders. It's all daily ticket purchases now. Well, Disney World still isn't 100% fully open. Uh, mm. They still have limited capacity. They just, I think, two months ago opened, reopened one of the last hotels that still wasn't open. There's still a bunch of restaurants there that aren't open. So they aren't to full 100% pre-pandemic, okay. which means they're not making as much money as they used to. It makes sense that they would open it to ads because right now there's no Star Wars on, there's no new Star Wars on Disney+. Plus. It's coming very soon with Kenobi and whatnot, but there's nothing new right now. So it makes me question... If I'm someone who was on the fence about it before and I didn't like anything but Star Wars whatsoever, then I wouldn't want to buy Disney Plus. But it'd be easier to forget about in that subscription haze we all get in if it was only like four bucks a month and I gotta watch an ad. Whatever, fine. I'll watch an I'll watch a few ads. Star Wars watch, one, then it'll be I'll watch five. my I, dude. I know. It'll be like Star Trek oh where God, the le- they, they put 90 seconds of ads before the credits. Ooh. Anger. Yep. Um, but it's easier but, to but forget worth about. The, the $3 a month cheaper. Yeah. Is what you're saying. I for mean, for mo- some people who don't care that right. much about the other shows on Disney, now we do because we like the Marvel stuff. So most stuff. of our streaming, we have no commercials. Yeah. Paramount Plus, I think, is the only one we have that has commercials. Yeah. And it is horrible. Yeah. They are so long, those but commercial breaks. But the only breaks. thing I care about on Paramount Plus is Star Trek. All the other shows are garbage I would, to me. I would actually 
say that the ad breaks that I've gotten on YouTube as well as Hulu lately have gotten worse than what I got on. I, I know. It's the I third mean, time you brought it up. Paramount. Well, Paramount Plus, I have the... I, I got a free uh, year with, uh, with my cell phone carrier, but it's the ad version. They're five blocks of ads in one hour and each ad uh, each ad block is less than 60 seconds like one of them was like 40 seconds and then one of them was was 60 seconds was not as bad as the 15 minute youtube video i tried to watch this afternoon that every two minutes went into an unskippable ad block i literally had to stop watching the video i couldn't i couldn't with it jumping into the ad breaks every few minutes um, Hulu is Hulu. I go back and forth with as far as their ridiculousness with the ad breaks because it is another one that I have a free subscription with. But if it's a movie, you're wa- you're forced to watch almost two minutes worth of ads at the beginning of the movie and then nothing during the rest of the movie. So that I can live with because I can be off doing something while I'm waiting for that to happen. Pam and Tommy, when I was watching that, you'd get on a half hour episode about three ad breaks but each one was about two minutes long i didn't even know the video had ads on it (laughs) the tv show pam and tommy not not the porn video oh oh yes they have that on hulu now it's amazing oh they haven't cut anything out either oh well hey see disney's making some right moves yeah (laughs) Yeah, see the, the only ads the only ads we watch on Hulu are the ABC. Ironically enough, the ABC shows that are on Hulu, the other Disney, um, don't do the no ads version. So you have to watch ads at the beginning and end of yeah. your show. But they're only it's like two ads. It's like yeah, because they're seconds. they're doing the um, it's what's essentially the on demand cable version. That's what you're getting. Yeah. Because you can't skip that on the on demand either. Ugh, it's terrible. Here, here's the thing that my my brain is weird about. I get the, the non-ad, the one, the only thing, the only thing, the only thing. The I buy the Hulu version without the ads. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I don't want ads. Right. Simple as that. Yep. But I refuse to buy the one same thing for YouTube because I don't want to get YouTube money. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 the same basic idea, but, but my brain keeps it separated. Actually, with YouTube, you get more for what you pay for. Because exactly. Because I've, I've had pay YouTube. I go on and off it depending on what we're watching, what we're doing. And if you pay for YouTube, you also get access to YouTube Red, which is the music like the music service. You can build your own playlists and do all these things just like you would with some of the other music systems. And you get that included with paying yeah, for no it commercials. It makes no sense why my brain would have that break between the two. It's because of the shows. I think the only show... That's been on YouTube that I've been interested to watch. Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Before it was sold. Are there any other shows on YouTube? There was one we tried. Remember? And it had, it was about this crew in space. They get woken up on the ship. And the actor who played Draco Malfoy was in that show. That's the reason why we watched it. Um, I have no memory of this. We never finished the season, but it actually wasn't a bad show. It just thing was one of those that it like wasn't so good that we're like, oh my god, I have to watch all of the rest of it. But it wasn't bad. Yeah, but but I, yeah. we watch a lot of st- different stuff on YouTube to the point where I think maybe getting the no ad version would be very nice. See that show? I can tell you exactly. I've never watched the show, but I know exactly what happens. Draco Malfoy kills everybody. Well, there's a betrayer. 
Um, there's um, so you're saying there's a Torgo. The, the, the priest what? has a, a crisis yes, of faith, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is that right? <laughs> poke, poke, poke. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I like that and, reading and, the, the know, news the, you don't give a shit about. That was all right. I, oh, yeah. I don't because I found myself giving a shit about the news. So. <laughs> so I veto any further. And we are paid in full. Weekend Geek! Wait, when did Kirsten get veto power? I didn't give it to him. I didn't either. I don't remember that. I seized it. Oh, that's how it works now. With my. Yeah. He seized the day. Well, how'd you guys get it? I invaded Crimea. (laughs) (laughs) I built the most nukes. Yeah. Well. That's how I got it. I'm just a permanent member of the Security Council. There's that, too, yeah. (laughs) Alien franchise creator and original Alien director Ridley Scott reportedly is taking the production reins of a newly announced film set in the Alienverse he first unleashed back in 1979 with Fede Alvarez set to direct. The yet-untitled new Alien project will be filmed as an exclusive movie for Hulu. No early word on the movie's casting or story, but... Quote, sources describe it as unconnected to the previous movies. Uh, Alvarez, a rabid fan of the franchise, according to himself, reportedly came up with the idea for the new Alien treatment and offered Scott his take on the franchise many years ago, with Scott recently calling director out of the blue to see if Alvarez is still interested in moving forward. Scott's original, <coughs> Scott's original alien has Ripley as an officer who faces off against the twisted xenomorph species aboard a distressed space vessel. Later installments, including the Scott-directed Prometheus and Alien Covenant, evolved the franchise to unveil links between the extraplanetary creatures and the mythic mysterious origins of man on Earth. Uh, Alvarez directed the Sam Raimi-produced 2013 soft reboot of Evil Dead, as well as the 2016 horror thriller Don't Breathe, he also served as writer for last year's Don't Breathe sequel, as well as this year's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So, what do you think of new Alien movie coming to Hulu? Depends when they set it in the universe. Ah. Because there's stuff that goes back to... I want to say Will and Yutani? Is that... Yeah. Yes. Yeah. To their foundation, and that, that's like the Prometheus stuff, and then there's, you know... The, the original alien stuff. And then Alien vs. Predator. And it goes all... Well, then there's that. Which is way before they're found. Well, they're there, but... Yeah, they're there. So when uh, so when is it set? And that's yeah. that's what's going to determine whether or not I'm excited about it. I'd like to see them go forward. You know? They never want to go forward. Why don't anyone want to go forward? I want to see what the, happens... What's the latest thing in the storyline that we've the, seen? I could be wrong because I didn't really watch any of the real Alien versus Predator stuff because, ugh. but uh, it was Alien Resurrection, the one for where Sigourney Weaver was came like came back. Blah. But yeah, that's that is the furthest along the timeline. Yeah. Yeah. That creepiest so. human alien. Ugh, where it sucked out of the. Does of anybody the happen to remember what year they say it is in the films? Well, she died. So she didn't like die two, in that. No, I mean they cloned her. But I mean, I think it was like 200 years or something. Between the two? Yeah. It was like 150, 200 years, something. Lots of space. Yeah. Yeah. I will say, the they've released a bunch of alien novels that have been really, really good. Uh, Tim Lebin, I, I think it's called like sea of, Alien Sea of Sorrows. Amazing story. 
It takes place after, if I remember right, it takes place after the original Alien and between Alien and Aliens. Hmm. And okay. really, really good. Uh, and frankly, I didn't think they ever would make a novelization story that was that good. But Tim Levin's a great horror author anyway, so I'm not surprised by that. Uh, so, so there's stuff out there to do that's good set in the alien verse that we want them to set that in. Yeah, except they're going to keep doing shit like Prometheus and Covenant, <sighs> and it's just, ugh. I got it. Alien, alien Clone Wars. <laughs> and it's all the Sigourney Weaver clones fighting Michael Fassbender robots. And then Lance Heinrichsen as Bishop is trying to save humanity. Old Man Bishop? Yeah, Old Man Bishop. There we go. <laughs> and they bring a uh, cryo-frozen Arnold Schwarzenegger out. Yeah. Because <laughs> technically and, he's part of that universe. And, 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 and. And, and, spit it out. Michael Bean. Michael Bean, yes. You, you don't know. Is he Hicks? Or is he Reese? Nobody knows. Oh wow, yeah. And he comes he comes out at his current age and he like looks he comes out of the clone vat and he's like, Oh, you fucked this up <laughs> <laughs> And and Lance Heinrichsen is like Whoa, Wait, look, wait, wait, look wait, at me. Wait, wait, Reese? Or Hicks. Or Yeah, yeah. Well, it can't be Reese. <laughs> Reese from Terminator. Terminator. I was Terminator's not part of this universe. Oh, okay. I'm sorry when you said Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, Arnold Schwarzenegger from Predator. Yeah. Oh, Predator. Predator's very much a part of the Aliens universe. <laughs> yeah, it's established. But... There's been a couple movies. So Actually. Billy comes out with a huge knife. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then he just gets like face like a... <laughs> Oh, my. And then... And Hicks, wait, and... Hicks, Hicks died, too. Yes. But they yeah. cloned him. Yeah, oh. You clone him. Yeah. Nice. They have his body. Because it's... The Clone Wars. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I'm an exec at Warner Brothers. Green light this. There you go. <laughs> yeah, they'll green light anything. <laughs> yeah, except, except a good DC thing, and then they want to red light it. And then roll with me on this. Then some fuzzy balls start rolling in, and we have... <gasps> Triples! Alien versus Critters. Triples. <laughs> critters. <laughs> really? Ty, yeah. you, you always ruin my ideas. <laughs> And then something comes out of the toilet and it's ghoulies. Yes. No, gremlins. Alien versus ghoulies versus gremlins versus critters. <laughs> Is Patton Oswald writing this? <laughs> stop. Just stop. And then Gizmo saves the day. He does. He kills all the aliens. and In his Barbie dream car. Yeah. And then Amy Poehler shows up and goes, I don't hear any women in this story. <laughs> <laughs> Disney Plus announced that it has greenlit The Muppets Mayhem, a new original series that will follow the Electric Mayhem band as they try to break into a new musical frontier by recording their first studio album. But the music scene isn't the same as it was when the band started out, so they'll get some help in the form of determined A&R executive named Nora, played by Lily Singh of A Little Late with Lily Singh fame, who will do everything she can to get the band a hit record. Muppets Mayhem was developed for Disney Plus by Adam Goldberg, who created the Goldbergs, and Bill Beretta did Muppets Haunted Mansion, and Jeff York's Star Wars Always, who will serve as writers of the upcoming series. Uh, Mayhem marks the second original Muppets series to arrive on Disney Plus following the debut of Muppets Now in the summer of 2020. 
Is it going to be just a vehicle to showcase new artists? I doubt it. That doesn't seem part of this. I mean, Uh. Electric Mayhem has been one of my favorite aspects of the Muppets forever. Whether it was the Muppet movie, whether it was the Muppet series itself. I love the Electric Mayhem. I need more Dr. Teeth in my life. A series just on them. Give me Zoot. I need more Zoot. Okay. That's solid. Uh, we lost a few people. Uh, we I wanted to talk about them last week, but we ran out of time. We lost Alan Ladd Jr. He was 84. Along with Star Wars and Braveheart, Ladd was responsible for such Hollywood classics as a producer and studio boss, including Alien, Blade Runner, The Omen, All That Jazz, Norma Ray, Chariots of Fire, Thelma and Louise, and Young Frankenstein. Overall, his films earned more than 50 Academy Awards, including two Best Picture wins, and more than 150 nominations. Ladd grew up in the industry as son of uh, Shane and Great Gatsby star Alan Ladd. He began producing films in the early 1970s after getting his start in the business as a motion picture talent agent. In 1973, he served as the head of creative affairs at 20th Century Fox. He rose through the ranks quickly and was named studio president in 1976. After joining Fox, he was intrigued by the then-unreleased American Graffiti and sought a meeting with its young director, George Lucas, to see if he had any other ideas for a film. Lucas outlined a character-driven outer space epic. Despite little precedent for such a movie, Ladd loved the idea and commissioned Lucas to write Star Wars. Uh, We also lost Veronica Carlson, the British actress and Hammer Horror film star. She was 77. When the producer and Hammer Films co-founder James Carreras saw a newspaper photo of Carlson wearing a bikini, he offered her the role opposite Christopher Lee in Dracula Has Risen from the Grave in 1968. Her performance as the vampire's intended victim was the first for her trio of popular Hammer movies, was followed in 69 by Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, starring Peter Cushing, and in 1970 by the thriller parody The Horror of Frankenstein, and we honor them both here equally. (laughs) They each had an equal amount of impact on our culture. (laughs) Warner Brothers is making an HBO Max film adaptation of The Wonder Twins from the DC Universe. What the hell? (laughs) The upcoming project has a writer and director in the form of Rampage and Black Adam scribe Adam Seekeel. Marty Bowen and uh, Wick Godfrey are attached to produce under their Temple Hill banner, which is known as for churning out young adults franchise hits like Twilight and The Maze Runner. Uh, no plot details at the time. Originally created for the all-new Super Friends Hour cartoon produced by Hanna-Barbera in the late 70s, the Wonder Twins are comprised of Zan and Jaina, a pair of shape-shifting alien siblings from the planet Exor. Iconic for their power-activating fist bumps, the characters eventually made their way into the world of comics not long after their television debut, by the way, of Super Friends number seven. Boy. So, Wonder Twins movie, huh? No. No, no, no. They're going to make that and, and not the, the gritty bad cop cop. <laughs> GCPD. <laughs> DC's just going to throw everything at the wall trying to be Marvel, aren't they? I like how you guys get finally a strong woman character in a superhero movie and you guys are just like, why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? You're all a bunch of hypocrites. You're terrible. <laughs> yeah, we're the terrible ones. <laughs> uh, I've, I'm intrigued by a Wonder Twins film, actually. Uh, especially if Gleek is in it. Gleek. Oh, I forgot about that. What was Gleek? 
It was an alien monkey. Alien yeah. monkey. That would carry around the pail when uh, one of them became water. Which one happened a lot. <laughs> the brother. Yeah, the brother. I can't remember which one. I was going to say, Xan always not became Jana. some form of water. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Jaina always became some weird animal. Right. She she had the useful power. Yeah. yeah being water is pretty darn useful. You got to admit. You can drown people without, you know. Yeah, he, he did that a, a lot in Super Friends. <laughs> I think that's why they pulled them from the show. Yeah, it was pretty gruesome. Yeah. You just jump into people's throats, drown them, and then get out. Or smother them. Or yeah. just turn back into whatever his name was and that while he's in them. Ooh. Explode them from yep. the inside. Damn. Ah, the old Ant-Man versus Thanos. Yes. <laughs> Still <laughs> valid. Yeah. yeah. Still valid. Have a little bit of Xan Zan uh, in you, yeah. Wait, he, he could turn into water and then ice. I got you. I got you. Well, That's where you were going. Did they ever shape change into something else while they were one of those things? Like, did he turn into water and then turn into ice afterwards? Or did she turn into know. a hawk and then turn into an ant or whatever? I know. No, the cartoon so, didn't no. have that kind of budget, man. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. It just seemed like he was always a bucket of water. Yeah. It was form of water or occasionally form of an ice ladder. Yeah. Oh, look, so we got I'm a ladder. Useful. Do, 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 do. Well, that, to me, seems like it'd be the more useful power because you could be an ice anything along... Ice Hawk probably wouldn't help a lot, but yeah. form of strong enough ice for a ladder, then you're strong enough to be a form of ice enough anything. Why is it that DC would bother with this and ignore some of the other second string stuff that they did, which might actually be funny? Do you ever remember the Legion of Substitute Heroes? Mm-hmm. There's some fun in that. Mm-hmm. Where's that movie? Sure. Or just right, Give it time. right from... Uh, uh, Super Friends, the later ones. Apache Chief. Oh, Samurai. An upchuck. Um, yeah. You know, all those those oh, great... Oh, my God. I mean, you know, diversity is so important Hello, now. Hello, Apache Chief and was on... <laughs> I'll be awake with a memory. On, I love when he was on Harvey Birdman and he spilled the coffee on his lap. <laughs> he said, couldn't grow large again? <laughs> oh my god, that episode of Harvey Birdman was hilarious. It, it was just great though. You had those ethnic I'll take the case. Those ethnic characters and it was just like Samurai says the Japanese word for tornado and becomes a tornado. And Apache Chief says the Apache word for grow. And he man, grows. Yeah, super, super friends in Sesame Street, big avenues of diversity. Yeah, absolutely. G.I. Joe. kids things. G.I. Joe had a lot of diverse characters. What? What? They, they had a what? lot of weird characters in that. Okay, weird is not the same thing. Not the same thing. Weird. There's a shirt right there. There's a shirt. Diversity does not equal weird. <laughs> Whatever. Well, no, I mean, no, they no, he's just pointing out the obvious. <laughs> They did have weird characters, but they threw in a lot of diverse characters as well. All right. Who is the black G.I. Joe? There were Roadblock. many. What? Roadblock. Okay. Roadblock. The Road, guy that Road... skied. Oh, God. Black people don't ski. <laughs> See how diverse it was? <laughs> I, all right. I, you know, that is pretty weird. Who was his name? <laughs> Alpine. Alpine was his name. Alpine? And then there Alpine? was Alpine. Alpine. What was his first and last name? Alpine. Mm -hmm. Alpine. Yeah. And then there was the medic, who I think was actually called medic. Medic? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. No, it was Medic. Medic. Yes. <laughs> Medic. See, it, man. 
This is this is listen to all. They this. had a silver guy, Destro. Silver. Who was it? Oh, never mind. Uh, we okay. touched we we touched on this a little bit. Uh, the refrigerator week. Perry, the football guy, right? He became a GI Joe, Sergeant Slaughter. And you know what's funny? His uh, the diversity his action of figure. Slaughter. He had like a <laughs> was like a Morning Star, but the end was a football. <laughs> it was the stupidest thing ever. Oh, refrigerator! Uh, <laughs> that was his first and last name, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Ruh- the refrigerator Perry. <laughs> Perry was a nickname. Brandon Sanderson, the author of the Mistborn novels, as well as the fantasy writer George uh, Robert, must be an hour and a half, it is, Robert Jordan's widow, selected to complete the epic Wheel of Time saga after Jordan passed. He's the fantasy author in the classic sense, with the heavy focus on world building and deep dives into the fictional realms he's created. He's also known for being prolific. Uh, we touched on this a little bit last week, but here's the full story. Sanderson launched a surprise Kickstarter that he dubbed simply Surprise Four Secret Novels by Brandon Sanderson, unquote. And his fans responded quickly and massively. Within a day, the campaign had toppled $15 million. As of now, it has reached over 26,300,000 26, with over 112,000 people back in the campaign so far. The Four Secret Novels Kickstarter promises a full year of new Sanderson releases for backers with the novels releasing quarterly throughout 2023, both in print and audio formats, along with merchandise and other rewards uh, for people willing to pledge higher amounts. Uh, So far, all four books remain untitled, and uh, Sanderson has promised minimal spoilers ahead of their release to backers to keep the whole top-secret vibe. In a YouTube video, he explained that in the days before the COVID-19 pandemic, traveling and touring took up much of Sanderson's non-writing work time, and he was on the road more than 100 days a year to promote his books and give talks. He was planning to cut back somewhat, but the pandemic shutdowns of 2020 meant that he was able to suddenly and unexpectedly cut travel entirely out of his life for a long period of time. With that sudden reserve of extra time, he began writing a secret novel as a gift to his wife, Emily. Then he wrote another. And another, and, well, here we are. Quote, look, I know, don't roll your eyes at me, Sanders said in his introductory introductory video. You deal with isolation and quarantine in your way, I'll deal with it in mine. We all handle stress differently, okay? Unquote. If you're interested in getting your hands on these books, you can head over to Kickstarter and get PDFs of each release for roughly $10 a novel. If you'd rather wait for a more traditional publishing route, uh, Sanderson says that's possible in the future. Who's doing the audiobooks? I don't know. The I big don't know thing for hired. me is the Jeff's leader. doing all the voices. There you go. Oh, boy. I assume they'll be released as MP3s through the Kickstarter versus like through Audible or something like that. Audible takes a, a, a shitty cut. for it's, Like if you publish your book on Audible, they take a 70% cut. Oh, my God. It's massive. So, wow. Yeah. So mm. I... I'm sure they'll be sent to you as MP3. Were they doing that before Amazon Bottom, or is it since Amazon Bottom? I'm not sure when that started, but either way, that's where it is now. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. I know that there's a there's a Kindle tier that uh, they take seventy percent. Yeah, the Kindle Unlimited, um, where you you it's basically a book subscription service where once you pay that money per month, then you get all the. No, I'm talking about for authors. Oh, there's there's yeah. one of the one of their Amazon's tiers is it, they take seventy percent, oh, okay. but I forget what 
what you get from that, did, as opposed to how much does Kickstarter the take? Fifty percent or something. Know? I'm not sure that what Kickstarter takes. I'm not know. sure the percentage. But yeah. I know I have an idea now. Yeah, yeah. It's time for Barry's half baked ideas. Oh, good. Everybody, drink. Okay, so you know how we're gonna our our video game is gonna be in pre release forever. Mm. Yeah, screw that. Um, we're gonna kickstart it, and if we get to a certain mi- milestone, that square yeah, yeah. goes left, and if we hit another milestone, mm. it'll also have the ability to go right. I mm. see. And the so next one, it may go back left. I, see. I don't know. I don't know, and mm. we'll unlock uh, functionality in the game based on how much we get. Got it. And then once we do release it, 40 years down the line, we (laughs) can release moving forward as DLC. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, depending on what level of pledge. You want three-dimensional? I mean, I I think... That's going to be... Well, that's that's eventually what we're promising. We're promising three dimensions. What you get is moving forward. The million-dollar unlock. Okay, moving up. Moving Moving up, up. I guess, is more... Now, you only get right instead of left if you are a a gold-tier member or whatever. Well, you're also. We can also release our roadmap of the game as an NFT. <laughs> now you're on it. Yes, <laughs> I love everything about this. And the wow. highest tier will be Matt and Barry in giant inflatable blocks, <laughs> and Matt yes! runs into Barry. Well, couldn't I just, I fall just over and die? <laughs> couldn't I just make three lefts if I wanted to go right? How dare, how dare wow. you? Wow! Whoa! This is this is unlicensed modding. Also, yeah. hold on. That's three dimensions. No, we're only in two dimensions here. You can only go left. Like Mario can only go left for a short amount of time before the world just stops. It's like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Three dimensions. So you you weren't clear on that. Well, I wasn't specific. Yeah. So you get what you get. Uh, speaking of speaking <laughs> of Matt Smack and Barry, uh, just an update. Oh, uh, I, I'm three and a half months in for the because I have to read a full year of the Marvel to get to the Smack, the first Smack. <laughs> Um, I don't remember agreeing to this. Oh, yes. It's, it's, it's we re- talked about it yeah, you, in quite detail. You, you should listen to Geek yeah. Shock. You're going to learn all the details. Listen, well, I don't have time. We've already <laughs> established that you don't remember shit, Barry. So I started Except with it's irrelevant. November 1st, 2005. I'm mid-March 2006. So we're on our way. Okay. We're on our way. I, I figure at this point, uh, we'll probably be ready for a good smack here in about four months. We need Sweet. to get big boxing gloves. That'll be fun. No. Man. I'm going to do the sumo suits. Or that. Yeah, or big inflatable blocks. Or the, or the balls. Are, are you going to do the full hand across the face? Are you going to do the downward so it bounces his head off the table? Well, that's, that's, what are you planning? That's Matt's decision. Yeah. Oh, Matt, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're, Matt they're could do, it out. maybe do the disappearing pencil trick. Mm. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> Let's do some red light, green light. I <laughs> I bring this meeting of Dunright Productions to order. We have four more pitches, and you each get one green light. One or more of these may be fake. The shows we are discussing are New to You, Cubs and Otters, Connection, and Hotel Transylvania. We're going to start with New to You. With the introduction of the Kree and the shape-shifting capabilities, plus the popularity of the What If series, Disney Plus is bringing you new to you. 
The series will combine the ideas of undercover boss in the Marvel Universe. When the Kree are on Earth and fill in for humans, do they innately know everything there is to know about that job, the past and the future, or do they fake it till they're caught? Filmed as a mockumentary mixed with a reality show, each week there are several Kree trying to fit in as humans. Do human, I see Kristen looking at me. Do human things, talk like us, be like us, as well as do the jobs they're filling in as. Each episode will take place in a different demographic. According to the writers and producers, they will not know what is coming. Uh, cameos of Samuel L. Jackson, Clark Gregg, and Colby Smolder have been confirmed. Tom Holland and Mark Ruffalo have not been told anything to keep the show quiet. So, <laughs> so what do you think of New to You? Did you say Cree or I Scrolls? S- I said Cree. Okay. Interesting. Uh, Which is, they don't have, sh- what? Cree. Yeah. Uh, it's supposed to be Scrolls. Fishy. Scrolls are the shape spitters. That's what I mean. So that's a fake. That's a fake. That's I, a I, fake. That, that shape spitter. I don't know. Is, 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 Todd, is Todd like throwing us an easy one this week just to make us feel better? I don't know. There's another one there about otters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, you know, that, that, that cubs and otters. That screams Todd. Yeah. yeah. That, that, this yeah. is brought to you by Todd. I don't know. I don't get it. <laughs> I call shenanigans on this. What else he got? All right. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Cubs and Otters, Adult Swim, and the production team of We Bear Bears and the regular show is developing a new mature-oriented mature animation, Cubs and Otters. This new late-night animation tackles... tackles oh, Jesus Christ. Are you stroking out I, I, right, right now? now? It might be. This new late-night... He's really anim- squiring right now. <laughs> this new late-night animation tackles alternative lifestyle issues and topics while maintaining a cute sensibility. Drugs, sex, violence, murder, and racial issues that pandas deal with while being mixed color. H. John Benjamin set to voice Snaps, a red fox who is pressured by his parents to date only other red foxes, but he's in love with a sphinx cat named Cleo, voiced by Deb Derryberry. So what do you think of Adult Swim's Cubs and Otters? Deb Derryberry? (laughs) That seems like... That seems fake right there. That seems (laughs) super fake. Wow. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what to think on that one. All right, you got you got to hit us. With I got that. nothing. You got to hit us with another one. Those, yeah. those first two are screaming. They're screaming. Screaming fake. NBC is developing the series called Connection, which focuses on a boy who went missing decades ago and comes back claiming he was abducted by aliens. The show is created by Nick Sheff, who previous credits previous credits include Thirteen Reasons Why and Recovery Road. How will the boy's loved ones react to him coming back, but insistent that he was inducted by aliens? How will they react when it turns out that the boy is telling the truth? And how is it the poor boy doing, having spent a better part of his life with extraterrestrials, presumably somewhere in outer space? The 4400. So what do you think of Connection? Flight of the Navigator. Wait, they're saying that he's (laughs) aged normally, or is he still the same age as when he went missing? It does not say. Okay. Oh, shit. So if he is, it's 4400. Yeah. Yeah. Well, how do they figure out that he's telling the truth? So obviously there's like side effects and whatnot that manifest or something. This so. is a simple enough plot. I Was it a sitcom, them. did you say? I can't. I believe it's a drama. Drama, okay. Cause, I could see them making it. Because I could we... see it as a sitcom, but not as a drama, to be honest. I think as a sitcom, it would be really, really fun. But as a drama, uh, I don't know. Mm. Drama sell better nowadays. 
People like the, the, the story and they want to... Yeah, it's because people don't like to laugh anymore. God damn it. <laughs> it seems realistic, but I'm not interested in it. <clears throat> I'm interested. Yeah. All right. It's the most interesting of the three. So, so far. far. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> How about Hotel Transylvania? Adam Sandler with comedy writer Todd Durham and Sony Pictures Animation are currently in pre-production for Hotel Transylvania, the live action series for Netflix. The series takes place in New York City in the midst of a themed hotel boom in which it will cater to monsters looking to hide as well as friends of monsters looking to visit or convert. Outside of the hotel, there'll be hunters, collectors, enthusiasts, and a rogue internet celebrity hell-bent on being the first star to get married to a monster. What do you think of Hotel Transylvania, so what, like, the live action series? Yeah, like Craven the Hunter, like just waiting, like, you gotta leave sometime. I'm gonna get you, Spider Man. Well, no, didn't you do an animated Hunters? Yeah, there's 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 two animated films, Hotel Transylvania. Yeah. So it's proven it works. I'm told they're funny, and they're not for me. But they're for kids. Yeah. This seems like it might be amusing. I would think so. It sounds sounds fun. Aside from Adam Sandler, you know. Yeah, because he's not that funny. No. He was good in Happy Gilmore. This is only and uh, and he's Billy Madison. he's already crazy. got the opera cape for you know, played Dracula. Forty <laughs> uh, first dates was pretty good. Yeah, I liked that one. I did because he wedding wasn't singer. his over the top super comedic Unless, whatever. Yeah. And, and then let's that, not forget wedding singer, which is like his wedding best singer. Oh, very wedding good. singer hands down. And didn't he do Guess that drama? What? Both with Drew Barrymore. There was that that. So I think that's a whole Drew Barrymore jewel thing, thing yep. or yeah, the drama. Yeah, that is actually supposed to be which one. Uh, I, oh, it's I, on. It's like where he's the diamond uh, guy. Yeah, and uh, it's it's a drama. It's serious, and he's supposed to have knocked it out of the park. Yes, uncut gems. There you go. Uh, that's it. Yeah, which I guess none of us have seen. Yeah, I guess that's no. it. Right. So there you work, go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you got Apparently. new new yeah. to you, Cubs and Otters connection, and the Hotel Transylvania. Where do you want to put your green light? Them. Hotel Transylvania. All right, Matt. Connections. Uh huh. Barry. Hotel Transylvania. Jeff. Uh, can, I get, can I vote for none of them? Nope. No. Nope. No. Nope. Nope. She tried nope. to. She tried week. that. Best yeah. of the worst. Best of the worst. Yeah, I guess Hotel Transylvania then. All right. It's, I mean, none of them actually sound really good at all. Kirsten. New to you. What the? I. Uh, that's just. I know. I can't. I can't even. I don't feel that at all. Cubs and otters, and then we hear about a panda and a fox. So the title doesn't even talk about the content. What the fuck? Who's working on these pitches? Fire that intern. And, and okay, now, connection, we're actually kind of almost there. But uh, Hotel Transylvania, like Mary said, that's, that's on a proven commodity so you know, and 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 Adam Sandler is coming off an uncut. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody here saw. I, I couldn't even fucking say that with a straight face. Um, <laughs> uncut taint. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. I just, uh, which is now illegal in uh, Florida. So, um, <laughs> uh, Hotel Transylvania. All right, All right yeah. Now that runaway, that's uh, it's Hotel Transylvania. That's getting our green. Uh, so, which do you think is fake, Deb? Can we vote for two? We can't vote you for vote, two. You, uh, at, frankly, you vote for whatever you like. <laughs> I mean, new to you and Cubs and Otters both sound fake. All right. Same. Yeah. Seriously, I was going to vote for two as well. Those two. All right, Matt. New to you because they mixed up 
Cree with Scrawl. Yeah, so, definitely that one. So new to you, that's fake. Jeff. Uh, I think definitely uh, Cubs and Otters is fake. And Kirsten. New to you, Cubs and Otters, Hotel Transylvania. Wow. wow. He's going for three. I'm, 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 I actually, I, I have a sneaking suspicion it's all of them, but I'll go with, uh, yeah. The fake one this week is new to you. And that was sent to us by Pat Spurl. And that means that Cubs and Otters was also sent to us by Pat Spurl. Ah. And Hotel Transylvania was also sent to us by Pat Spurl. <laughs> and Connection is the only real show. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Nice, Kirst. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that stunk like yesterday's <laughs> two, two of us were close. We got two well, out yeah. of three, and you got three out of three. It was an. It was actually a nice blind because you got two that are just like, God, that Very is obvious. so fake. And but then the third the, one could be done. The third one, yeah, had a total plausibility. Yeah. So, yeah, because Sony make. I, I'm pretty sure it's Sony that's doing the Hotel Transylvania and that. Yeah, it wasn't. Di- it wasn't Disney. They're so. they make they made huge amounts of money off of the. Yeah. yeah. It's three and three. Movies now, I, I believe think. so. And yeah, she's doing live action versions of their cartoon everything, stuff, yeah. so why not? Right now, yeah. and and Adam Sandler's coming off of <laughs> so Pat. You got to buy everybody, but Kirsten, good job. Uh, yeah, yeah. You wow. confused your Cree and your scroll. I damn near. That's well, he may it, have done it on purpose. Yeah, might yeah. have been to throw us all off that there was more than one. Whatever. No, he just no. confused him. <laughs> <laughs> and if you have a pitch to send to us, write to us. Comments at geekshockpodcast.com. Put pitches, bitches in the subject heading and put the pitch in the body and uh, we'll put it on the show. I was like I consciously listening for, is this something that Aussie Matt could have written that we're going to accidentally <laughs> shit on again? There you go. <laughs> boy, oh boy. I can hardly wait till he sends in another pitch based on something he had published. <laughs> Why do you guys hate me? <laughs> And I want to thank our tier members, tier four members, King Vol, Deb T, David Farrar, and our tier five members, Leon Met, Jeff Harris, Jake Godbold, Ozzy Matt, Mad Martrin, and Glumley, and King Vol for sending us a one-off this week. And also, I also want to thank our tier one members, Sarah Chomps, Matthew Bates, David Hydebreyer, Scoop Bucky, Highland Scoop, Chad Wilson, Ambivalent Hoax, Bridget Bruins, Scoopatron, Mandy, Sour Maddie D, Jacob Flora, Aaron Esquire, Multiverse Tonight, Bustrod, Scully, Mr. Dumbleday, Froyog, Softserve, and Minty Scoop. And thank you to all of our Kofi members. You rock. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. Vlarg. And Deb. I'll talk to you next week in Geek. I I don't get it. Why why do you dislike Better Off Dead? I just don't. I just can't fathom it. I don't hate it. It's just not like if it's on a lineup with other movies that I might want to watch I'm not going to watch Better Off Dead I watched I'd there's watch other movies time. you want to watch because most of the time you're very very picky about that <laughs> see I'm very picky that's it I'm just I just envision you like bad Santa all year long no he's not that bad thank god because no that would not happen I don't watch a lot again. of movies twice but is he really that picky he d- though actually he did so like remember when I was staying with you and Paulette that's why I was glad we were rewatching Marvels because I can't get him even the good ones that he enjoyed he doesn't want to rewatch them he doesn't I know them already because he's seen him one time and his memory is great uh, yeah 
I won't enjoy it as I much. I don't remember again. that. Watch it again. I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> it's not as good the second time around. You need to That's start sowing some doubt, Deb. You guys need to watch something new, but you've got to gaslight him and just tell I, him I, you guys you know saw it a week ago. And he's not remembering. You know, Barry, I actually take great exception to that, is that it's not as good the second time around. A lot of times you catch stuff that you don't see the first time because the first viewing you're like so... Fight Club. Yeah. No. Fight, Fight Club is a perfect film that, holy crap, you don't catch half the shit yeah. that goes on with it until you Did seen it the I ever time. say that it was 100%? No. I will watch Three Amigos until my eyes bleed. Well... That's because you love that film. Yes, I do. And I will watch Big Trouble in Little China anytime it's in front of me. that film. Yes, yes. and I don't I, love... I see a pattern I here. I do, I do. Better and, off and, and come on, Roadhouse. Don't forget Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Oh. I, oh. Is this where you draw the line? <laughs> is it time not to be nice? <laughs> I enjoy that film. I don't. I can't watch it a lot. Oh, I'm going to throw you out of here now. <laughs> hey, 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 I'm better than him. I'm better than him. See, the reason I brought it up is just so I could loop this episode so I can make the beginning seem like the end that goes back to the beginnings. We can have a four-hour episode just by cut and pasting the beginning of this show to the end of it. <laughs> mm. You sound like a Warner Brothers executive. What the hell wow. was that? What a connection. <laughs> and it just keeps going. I'm so if you, if you like cut the show right now and yes. for some reason the uh, the MP3 loops, no one will know. No one will know. Because no it's no the show that never <laughs> ends. It just it goes, goes on, on and, and on, on, my friend. friend. Because it's the show that started never singing it, not knowing what it was. Let's talk about Roadhouse. it forever just because this is the song that never. But why don't you like Better Off Dead? Oh, here we go. Gotham. <laughs> Gotham. What you gonna do? What you gonna do? Put your brain. That was so accurate. <laughs> that's the line no one knows in that song. Bad boys, bad boys. He's doing uh, the the Will Smith. The Batman give me no break. (laughs) (laughs) What's this bullshit about uh, Better Off Dead not being a great movie? I didn't say it wasn't a great movie. I just personally, I'm just okay with it. Oh, okay. So you think it's like Roadhouse? Oh, why you got to push that button? What? Why don't you like Roadhouse? I have the console. I have all the buttons. Listen. It's time to not be nice. <laughs> you know okay. what? He, he, he's right. It's time to not be nice. Okay. Did, so that's As like, opposed to how we're ever nice. So that's 24-hour clock for you. So how's that any different? He's got you there. I'll just hold your $10 over here instead of giving you the